keep your ears open in case of sweary words on this episode. If you are shocked, horrified or offended by four-letter expletives, do us all a favour and turn off at this point. It's that time of week again. Thanks for coming back to get your Beyond Canal Park podcast fix. As of recording, there was still no resolution to the SPL or the Premier League. However, if you tuned into the farce there that's the current Bundesliga today, how anyone can want football back with no fans is beyond me. Totally defeats the purpose. But, as at any level, money and the favoured big teams talk the loudest. Also, a bit unsure why the subs were sitting on the bench with masks on, but hey-ho. Type and null and void the leagues now, I think. Um, come back next season when it's safe. Anyway, fantastic guest to bring you again this week. We've had a long chat, uh, but it was entertaining and insightful as we travelled back down memory lane. Here to tell me about his time at Elgin City, Devon Vale, Bucky Thistle, as well as his time in the States, it's Stephen Rattray. Stephen also names his Fisher Derby 11s and talks about his future plans to return to football. And here's what he had to say. It's a pleasure to introduce my guest this week as a man who graced the Highland League in successful spells with Devon Vale and Bucky Thistle, as well as more fleetingly with Forrest, Lossie and Huntley. He played college soccer over in the States too, and even had a stint as manager at junior outfit Dufton. Uh, alongside this, he was a trailblazer for the Highland League and local football in terms of online media presence and content found in the highlandleague.net website a few years ago. Uh, and that's not even half of it, so here to tell us all about his journey, I'm delighted to welcome Stephen Rattray to the show. How are you doing, Stephen? No bad, no bad. Yourself, James? Hi, good. Far did the love of football for you begin? Was it kicking uh, neeps about and uh, dribbling round bales and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly the in the winter. The it was basically the neepy shed aside uh-huh. for the coos were that I would spend the majority of my evenings. But uh-huh. there was two two was a big wah at the A side, a big door opening and out, and it just depended how many neeps were in, how much space I had to hit it off the wah and then try and hit the door with a rebound. Um uh-huh. fan did you start playing football? When did you get the buzz? Well I just loved it for as long as I can remember. And um, when I went to primary school, the the playgrounds at Lumbride was how we separated. There was like a one primary one, two playground, and then the right. primary three to seven. And I, I was, was looking forward to getting into primary three because that <laughs> meant as soon as you got off the bus in the morning, break time and dinner time, it was a big football game. Mm-hmm. Primary three to seven, they picked the teams first thing in the morning, and you just played the same team right the way through. Mm-hmm. And um, it was pretty much a guarantee that before I get into class in the morning, the knees of my trousers were brown if they weren't a hole. <laughs> and, and I just, that was it. That was really the love of it. And although Aye. there wasn't a much organised football at that age, certainly in primary schools, Aye. I ended up joining the Cubs purely uh-huh. to play football. Okay. Uh, you weren't interested in camping and marking fires. <laughs> no, no. The, <laughs> the local pub leader was um, ruining at the firm picking rasps in the summer. 
No. She, she said to my, um, like, oh, when when would you be interested in joining the clubs? As if I would be excited for as soon as possible, and she could say, oh, well, <laughs> you're about to join. And I was like, well, maybe about Easter, just before the football season starts. <laughs> um, uh, and that, so it'd have been been Elgin sort of way you are you are boys clubs and things. Aye, well, the start yeah. off in terms of the start off the Cubs was was brilliant in the sense Aye. that really enjoyed the football with that, and it's the only time obviously that we've had an ups an immaculate season. We went through the entire <laughs> season without even losing a goal, <laughs> um, and it was won every game, won all the, the competitions. And there was just one save the keeper made in the whole season. That was direct for a corner. <laughs> so, I mean, so, you can imagine at the age of eight, nine, uh-huh. how, much, how much fun that is. It, it was never 12 nils or 13 nils. It was always nine, nine. five, six or three, four. But, yeah, it was a great start. And then Playing with there, good players. Can you remember any of them? Well, goalkeeper Chrissy Stewart, whose dad took the team. Chrissy played... Highland League and juniors for a number uh-huh. of years, and he was uh, one of my best pals coming through secondary right. school. Um, he was at Elgin City at the same time as me, the likes of Kenny Youth, and right. he's played Highland League for a, half a dozen teams. Okay, um, aye. Colin Mitchell was another one who went on to play a lot of junior football, never really quite made it Highland League, but would have played mm-hmm. for Bishop Mill and that. And his aye. young his young lads currently on the books at Aberdeen. So, okay, right, aye, good. Um, so that was it, but really good. And then from there, the Elgin Boys Club takes you from the age of ten to fifteen, aye. Mm-hmm. which is uh it's a Easter to summer league. Yes, we quickly kind of they also had their select teams at that time. Okay, which, um, got into from the first season on and. Aye. They trained once a week and had occasional games against teams, including trips to different countries and that. And although we didn't okay. get, the, although we didn't get one of the trips like the states or mm. things like that, we did get down to London to play Bradford, which was uh, a great experience and a aye. great time. Magic, aye. And few, uh, who were your early coaches? You remember? Well, the main ones. At the boys' club were the Porters, so Tiger Porter, who's still okay, at Elgin City, um, and his brother Colin were the ones who took us through that era. Um, yeah. And it was it was a really decent team that we had then as well. Um, uh-huh. Again, the likes of Chrissy Stewart, but different side. Marky Bell went through to there, and he went on to juniors and that. The likes of mm. Mikey Green played Highland League. But yeah. it's interesting, you know, looking back at times like that, it, I was a centre mid or a left winger. Aye. And I ended up playing sweeper. <laughs> and, and during that time, I then played sweeper for the next 12 years. Yeah, And, and that introduced a fear to the game, you know, that you didn't want to lose the ball as much. Um, so it was a bit of a change that possibly I could have been doing with a lot more time in the middle because I think I lost a bit of my touch and awareness during that period of just playing defensively yeah um, you know the the discipline the 
involvement in the game, but also seeing so many players who were good players who were probably ahead of you at that time. Aye. You just didn't have the right attitude. That's it. Aye. It's, it's a bit more than natural ability, that's for sure. Aye. Attitude's a big thing. Aye. Yeah. Um, so, successful times, good memories, growing up Aye. playing football at that level in school as well? I just absolutely loved it. Um, every chance we could to play football, I was there. Uh, Donald Morrison and Milnes is a figure that a lot of folk will know. They'll maybe not know him by the name Donald Morrison. The okay. few nicknames around the uh -huh. different schools. Um, if they, I know Grapies and all that. <laughs> they knew him as Donny, Donny, Donny Boner, which might give it away. <laughs> Why? <laughs> how most of the other schools would have known him? He, okay. was, he was not a football player. He was no. not, you know, he wasn't your Stuart Nielsen. Uh, um, yeah. But he was just such a lovely guy. So enthusiastic okay. for, um, for football and just for the kids. He was an English teacher, Aye. and he became the head of English department for a year, and he gave it up because it was getting <laughs> in the way of his school's football. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> when when we were in fifth year at higher English, um, there was one class that he wanted to he wanted to make phone calls to arrange the school's games for the weekend. Okay. Hi. So he, he took us up the street in Fochabers, tennis to the <laughs> tennis to the Grant Arms because he didn't have a phone at his house. He put money on the pool table. He bought Abdi and orange juice. <laughs> and he'd, he'd sat on the for the double period. He sat making phone calls to arrange everything. Magic and what magic! Just a great guy. There's no there's no many characters like that in schools these days. That's for sure. He would never get away with it. But he was an, a a true gem. A true gem. Aye. Okay. But you looked at other teams. You looked at the likes of Bath Academy and yeah thinking about them. Stuart Nielsen, who's been mentioned a number of times in yep, the, yep. the other ones here, you know, seeing him from an external viewpoint, uh -huh. you it didn't take long for you to have a respect for Stuart. Yeah, yeah. Because you walked into Banff Academy and obviously the first thing you see about him is this, uh, the no hair. And if you're not <laughs> part of the school and used to that, it's like you can uh -huh. get a shock about that. Yeah. But he immediately takes command of the situation. You're going there, you're doing that. Don't Aye. even think I'm doing the wrong thing. Because if <laughs> you think I'm doing the wrong thing, I don't care what school you are. I'll get it. And you could tell that he knew the game. You could tell from the players Aye. on the other side, he taught technique to yeah. a level yeah. that none of the other schools did. And, um, and I got to know him beyond that. And um, I think that having Stuart in our school, I think, would have been a huge help Aye, yeah. in my own career. Yeah. Um, but also, it would also given us a chance to get through the North Trials, because he had Aye. a fixed every year. <laughs> uh -huh. um, I can remember there was a few. Wayne Moe was the man at that time. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Wayne, Wayne Moe got to the Scottish National Trials and he was mincing, he was mincing the first two that we went to. Aye. Um, but no, Wayne was a good a good lad and a good player. Aye, yeah. It, it was one of that ones that you thought if he was for any other school, he wouldn't have got through. Aye, he's not getting in. No. Yeah. Aye. Yeah. But you're right, uh, Stuart Nielsen. I mean, there was a he obviously 
set a few people on the right path in, in their football careers. And there was a healthy sort of mix of respect and fear there, I think, which is often lacking new um, in schools and, and around sort of youth football in general, I would say. Yeah, I mean, he was a, he's a cracking guy. It's, it's just straightforward. Yeah. Can, there's no messing about with him. It's, there's nothing coarse about him. He's just direct and honest. Nah, um, yeah, um, it's good. Do you, do you think there's a lot of boys up that neck who would slip through the net through the years just due, purely due to location? I think there was there was certainly a few, um, but the likes of Alan Porter was one who probably could have went on. He went. He at eighteen was a good member of the Elgin City '93 team. Aye, yeah. Um, and he was a crack, but he took different choices in terms of he put his education and stuff like that first. Yes, so, mm -hmm. yeah, there was a few who would have fell through the cracks, but most of them, again, you go back to that era and guys had a genuine chance of being picked up from Highland League, like Sir Kevin Fremner, another guy who will come back to. Aye, yeah. The Highland League was properly scouted at that point. And mm -hmm. um, now, in contrast, we have players, Cali Thistle, Ross County, Aberdeen. Yeah. And I know from, I've mentioned already, Colin Mitchell's lad, mm -hmm. Davy Harvey's lad, another guy Davy will probably touch on, Liam, he's through Aberdeen. And we've got from Achert here, uh, Crazy Mass and Jake Newlands who are going through to, who were at Devon Vale up until this year, they're going through to Cali Thistle. Aye, yeah. And, it's a different it's a different environment now for that. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you you kinda progressed to the youth system at Elgin then. Elgin yeah. City, you sixteens, eighteens into the first team squad. Yeah. It's um Elgin once the Elgin Boys Club finished, that was the end for an awful lot of players, including right. um Ryan Green was one. Okay. Who, one of my best mates and still is one of my best mates and we'll talk about that and Aye. He just never was picked up into the Elgin City youth team. Okay. Went through the boys club, but he was a little bit too soft, I think, for at that time mm. for the likes of the Porters. Yeah, Neely, yeah. Neely White, another fantastic Highland League player, uh, captain for us to the title. Aye. He, he was never really picked up for the Elgin City under-16s okay, and right. that. So, um, Which kind of shows was, you that people develop yeah, didn't I write people off at 16, 17, 18? Because no. people can still develop in their, their early 20s and so on. Yeah, I think there's a big problem with that just now in terms yeah. of how the teams are picked. Again, I think that's someone who will maybe come back to Aye. later on with that. But at 16s, the Elgin City um, have got into their 16s, but rather quickly, Rab Adamson, who was, I think, a Devon side junior player and possibly manager. Yeah, he'd um, he'd grey hair, but he he'd the proper hair dryer approach. Uh, <laughs> and at half time, it was a case of if he didn't speak to you or shout at you, you were playing yeah. well. <laughs> he'd, he'd, uh, he'd, one of them. He'd grey hair really early, so he was right. still a good player. He was forty, forty-two, still fit, yeah. but <laughs> pure pure silver hair, and his face would go purple with age at half time. <laughs> But one player who didn't take well to that was Alan Cormie. Um, okay. And Alan Cormie basically told him to get lost at half time uh -huh. in one of those <laughs> games. 
and he was the sweeper for the under 18s. Ah. So I got pushed up into the under 18s. Ah. Um, I got moved to right back at the time and mm -hmm. became a part of what was a really good team. We won that year, we won the kind of the north part of the, the north division Aye. of the league. Yeah. And um, that was when it was still Inverness Cali, Inverness Bristol, Cross yeah. County. Yeah. So we we bettered all their youth team. But unfortunately, we got Fraserburgh in the final. Uh, <laughs> that, that Fraserburgh team was Scotty Murray, Marino Keith, oh, okay. Murray, Derek Milne, Mikey Stephen, James Geddes, the whole. Aye, uh, yeah. Full of quality. Aye, we got a doing. We got <laughs> doing that day. Um, okay. But it was, it was great times. The 16s and the 18s, pushed into the 18s, and we started to then train with the first team. Aye, yeah. And that was your the the controversial John Teasdale 1993 okay. team. Uh huh. So, centenary season, we said. Yeah, the centenary season, the one where the title was stripped. Uh -huh. And that was, I mean, that was just a fantastic period of time for me, that two, three years of okay. development. Yeah. It's, physically, I grew um, six, seven inches. I'm not the tallest player by any means. Right, but yeah. I was, I was probably a little bit on the chubby side um, coming through my early teens. Okay. And I grew that six, seven inches. And I worked, I worked hard at the fitness side of things. And yeah. um, when we went to train with Andre Eames, Graham Tatters, who's now obviously chairman, yeah, he took the training by the first team and we spent the first hour doing what was technically the warm-up. <laughs> that, that included a thousand sit-ups, <laughs> 250 press-ups, normally, normally 10 hundred-metre sprints, um, a bit up and down the hill at um, Elgin Academy, if, for those uh -huh. who know that, and then the, the sort of jog back in before John Teasdale would come out of the pub, having watched his Monday night football on the telly, <laughs> and he would he would take the football part of it. Okay. But, but in that fitness thing, Mike Teasdale, Soapy Cameron, they aye. they led. Okay, yeah. Yes. So yeah. I just tucked in behind them, and <laughs> my aim was always to try and stay with them. Aye. And being 16, 17, 18, that made that made a massive, massive difference to bit. I gained my speed, I gained fitness, I gained things that I didn't have and added yeah. added things that I didn't initially have to my game at that point, yeah. thanks to them. And Aye. John John was just he knew so much about the game. He'd been at Wolves and <laughs> So he knew just the basic things. You know, your overlaps are done like this. Your first touch, your point, and having a big arse is to keep him out of the way. <laughs> he just taught you the, the simple approach to things. Aye, yeah. But also had a character that he totally lit up the dressing room. Aye, yeah, Every, brilliant. Everyone was on his side. He had a great atmosphere. It was a joy being at training. It was a joy being in that dressing room. And um, he had a great singing voice. He would be battering. It shows his confidence that he would just be walking about the dressing room, belting out at that time, wet, <laughs> wet, wet, wet songs. 
with a, uh-huh. with a swagger. He had an absolute Aye. swagger. And um, that was great. Although on the Saturday nights out, when he started uh-huh. out, you would see him offering to take five or six different boys up the close, one at a, one at a time. And <laughs> the first one would go down with a big headbutt and, and nobody else would go up the close. He'd, he'd a difficult life to lead in Elgin Aye. at that time. Yeah, yeah. Some boy. So were you, you're obviously developing on the pitch, but also off the pitch as well then. Some good, Aye, yeah. uh, good crack with that squad. Great crack with that squad. Um in terms of the under sixteen, going into the under eighteens, the first game that we had was away at Ross County, or the first game that I had in the under eighteens was away at Ross County. And nah. we, take, we take the bus up, and there was two absolute characters in the squad: Davy Harvey, who um, loved the battle with Scotty Anderson in the Spaymouth versus Dune Colts days. Okay, um, he was he was a complete character, and him and this guy Scotchy. I didn't even kind his proper name. We're sitting <laughs> next to each other, and one of them had a pint of milk, and the other one had this big bag of crisps. And it was like, eh, one of them said, Harvey, Scotchy, Scotchy, can I get in your crisps? <laughs> no. Nah. Harvey, can I get some of your milk? Aye, all right. Gave him some of the milk. But then I gob in it, of course. <laughs> he gets it back. Ah, oh, you. Minger, you've gobbed to the top of this. <laughs> and then he'll follow it up by, yeah, Scotch, Scotch, can I get in the crisps now? And out <laughs> came the crisps, the proper, <laughs> and, and out comes a greener onto the crisp. <laughs> hands, it, hands it over, Harvey pops it in his mouth, just as Tiger and Rab walk in. <laughs> and it just, it, but, you're just sitting there, and I mean, as a 16, 17-year-old lad, having that, nice. kind of, these lads <laughs> who just, they didn't care. They were just comedy nah. value. And they would, they would go out on the pitch. And Harvey, Harvey, in fairness to him, he did a game for Elgin City where, against Rangers when they were up. Aye, oh, yeah. In games. He'd not make Davy Cooper stepped inside and hit this thing in the top corner from about 35 yards. <laughs> undoubtedly the peak of his career. Undoubtedly. Ah, <laughs> he, never, he never quite made it. You're not topping that, eh? No. But, <laughs> but it, was a, it was a great moment for him. And it was, it was one that everyone would have shared with him. He was just a joy or a, a lad. Aye. Yeah. But um, just a bit too much of a head case to make it. Nah, yeah. Um, as you were, you were training, playing alongside first-team boys, was there anyone that sort of deliberately took you under their wing and, and helped to mentor you, or were you just learning off them without them caning? I, I was... We'll go back to Craig Stewart a little bit here in terms of... Craig mm. was always arrogant, uh, cocky, <laughs> confident. And I was I was the same, but a different personality. Okay. Um, I was definitely... Um, I was educationally I did well I went to university yeah, I, yeah. I studied and was quite quite studious in that sense so yeah. I, I never went and got drunk or did anything like that <laughs> but I had enough confidence about myself Aye. so Craig also had that confidence but was a bit more of a, a lad uh-huh. than I was so Streetwise. 
so I was never really one that would have been under Andy's wing because no. I was right up there battling them. I was right yeah. up you know, in, the, in the races. I was trying to beat them. Yeah. I, just, yeah. I just never really treated myself as a 16-year-old and them as adults. I just no. treated them as teammates. So no. nothing as obvious as that, but just, as I said, trying to keep up with Mike Teasdale, mm-hmm. trying no. to keep up with Sophie Cameron, who then went on to... Um, well, Mike went straight to Dundee the following season. Yes. Um, and obviously Carly Thistle. But that that Elgin team, I looked at that Elgin first team and I played a few friendlies for them in mid games. But you had Hinchcliffe in goals, mm-hmm. Willie Furphy, Ian MacArthur, who then went Carly Thistle, right. Furphy yeah. went Ross County, Graham Dallas at a centre half. He was probably the only one that was seen as a vague weakness. Okay. Alan Alan Porter was backing up any of those positions. Neefy McLennan left back. Yeah. Mid, yeah. Midfield three: Russell Mackay, Sophie Cameron, uh, Mike Teasdale up front. Sammy Leons, Kevin Well, um, <laughs> John Teasdale. Ah. You looked at that, and with honest eyes, you thought, "I'm not getting in that team." No. No. <laughs> they were that good. You're sitting there going, I'm not getting in ahead of any of them. Aye. So is that how you ended up in Banff then? It was kind of that was that was definitely probably the key decision. Yeah. Um, at that time in the switch, but um, at the end of the boys' club, one of the lads, Scotty Cameron from Dufton, yeah. he went to Dice under 16s. Uh, they were they were needing a sweeper, so he spoke to them, and I went through and started playing for Dice at okay. that point. Right. And then from there went to Kemney Youth, um, where the likes of Kenny Cool, who was in the team, he was a, a okay. really good Highland League player for many years. Right. And in that, so playing against Devon side in the under 16s, they had the likes of Mark Simpson, Mark Slater, mm. I think, um, Glennie. Yeah. And they all got picked off and went up a level. So the following year, defensively, the likes of James Matheson came in. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek Milne, Wayne Moore, I think, were the guys at that time. And the following yeah. season, as the likes of James Matty and that went up, it left yeah. a gap in the Deverin, the Deverin side under-18 team. Right. So Brian Stewart got in touch. And so I joined the Deverin side under-18 team that year. Aye. Okay. It was Ali Veach, Marcel, um, Derek Milne for the Brock at right back. Mm-hmm. Tani, big Tani. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. Lovely character at centre half, Scotty Cameron left back. And the players up front, Craigie was sort of the main goal scorer, although yeah. Clark Kylo, Chrissy Beaton. Aye. There was a hail group of players and a, a certain Ian Murray who was, uh-huh. <laughs> who was a bench warmer, believe it or not. Okay. Uh, Moby, Moby never started hardly. He was he, which says a lot because he turned out to be the absolute yes. game out of the lot. Aye, uh, yeah. So he uh, obviously uh, didn't really let that get him, dude. <laughs> then he'll never get Moby, dude. <laughs> um, um, am I right? You said that you played. You went down and played in the Ian Rush tournament with Devon side as well. Aye, good experience. I mean, aye, it was brilliant. That Devon side team was a great team. It was. Again, you go back to yeah. 
the Cubs. It was we won everything apart from the Scottish Cup that year. They'd won okay. the Scottish Cup the year before, but um, we won everything apart from the Scottish Cup that year. Andy Matheson went on to Forest halfway through the season, then went to Dundee as well for midfield. Aye. But yeah. it was a great team, and we we'd started training with Devon Vale at the end of that season. Okay. Um, about halfway through that, I, well, it was quite early on, I decided that I would sign for Devon Vale under 18s. Yeah. I would say it was a persuasive chat of Steve Eckersley, but <laughs> that, that wouldn't have been true. But he was another, a lovely guy, Steve. Aye. He was involved in the 18s. Um, I bottled the phone in Tiger Porter to tell him. <laughs> so he found out when he saw the team lists for the Scottish Cup ties. Uh, and that was a very uncomfortable phone call. I've, I've apologised uh-huh. to him a couple of times twice. Uh, <laughs> I was just too scared to phone uh-huh. up and say, sorry, Tiger, I'm going to different Vale. <laughs> Couldn't um, even text him in that day. No, no. <laughs> that was maybe a good thing, though, because I think you know, uh-huh. his text might have been a bit interesting. Uh-huh. But, I um, want to get dumped by text. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that was... So that was a fun time, but we went down to, we trained with Kevin Bremner's Vale team. Right. We played a couple of pre-season games, and then um, we went down the in Rush tournament. Now, the the pre-season, the in Rush tournament was eight days. That It finished on the Sunday. We came back on the Sunday, and the following Saturday was the start of the Highland League season. Okay. So there'd been maybe five pre-season games and yes. we missed all of the group of us that was in that team missed mm-hmm. the last two of them. Aye. Um, so great trip. Good. Some of the names had to look back at the team sheets and although it wasn't our age group, some of the guys that were in that Ian Rush tournament was Michael Owen, Stephen Gerrard, Jamie Carragher. Mm-hmm. Um, and even from the Czech Republic, like Sir Thomas Rizicki and guys like uh-huh. that were in there. Brilliant, yeah. Um, good company. Good company. <laughs> Better teams than we had. Um, uh-huh. But again, Craig Craig didn't look at a place with his fitness and ability down there. And we played. We did okay. We did well enough. Mm-hmm. But we came up, trained on the Monday and the Wednesday, and we were going to play Lossie. Devon and Vale were down to play Lossie on the Saturday. Okay. First, in those days, back in the dark ages of '94, <laughs> um, you only had two players on the bench. Ah, yeah. And so I'd heard there was interest from Ellen United, um, because MPM Ellen were the only other team that challenged us in the under 18s. Yes. So I had all set to say to Kevin, look, Kevin, there's no, I don't want to come here and sit in the stand. No. I'd rather go out and play, um, assuming that I'd maybe be like the the fifth, fourteenth, or fifteenth guy. There was only a squad of about sixteen, seventeen of us. Mm-hmm. So I turned up to the game with that in mind, and Kevin read out the team, and I was starting at sweeper. It was a a bit of a shock, to say the least, that when he read out <laughs> number four, Stevie Dartley. Uh huh. Um, it was a typical sunny Banff sun Saturday in the um, <laughs> summer. 
We used to have these yellow t-shirts for training tops that the corn lice loved. It turned <laughs> black within a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. I remember going out and doing the warm-up and my dad came in. He was one of the first things in through the turnstiles and he was just nice. wandering around. And <laughs> we're doing stretches as he's walking past. And I was that excited. I was trying to tell him, I'm starting, I'm starting, I'm starting. But you couldn't like look like some excited five-year-old kid in front of the rest <laughs> of the team. No. Um, but Lossie were a very strong team that year. Okay. Uh, they'd signed Darren Still and Gary Clark from Bucky. And I think there was, I can't remember if it was like something like 15, it was between 15 and 30 grand. Okay. Aye, to aye. Pay a, a very controversial tribunal at the time. Aye. Um, which I think Sandy Stables was getting slated for. <laughs> and so it was a good team, Ian Stewart. It, they were expected to challenge Huntley for the title. Okay, aye. And the first game of the season, they were playing against Kevin Bremner's Devon hmm. Vale team that had lost half the squad from last season. Aye. Uh, had finished somewhere in the bottom four, I think. Okay. And so it was a bit of cannon fodder that was expected, and they, they duly <laughs> went 2 0 up. Uh huh. I think Ian Stewart. What finisher he was, like he's ah, yeah. a couple. And there was a kind of moment in the second half where Gary Clark was played in through the middle from about the halfway line. Yeah. And I was sweeping and I chased him and I knew at that time at that time for one of about three years of my life I was quick. <laughs> and so I chased him and I knew that just before, if a striker went through, they normally just pause for a second before they right. shoot. They look up to see where the keeper is and pick their spot. And I race back and I put a sliding tackle in that just foot went through the middle of his two legs, hooked <laughs> round onto the ball. So as he kicked the ball, it goes against my foot. I step up and go away with the bar. And right. he, he's sort of lying down, but not connecting with the player at any point. Nah. Nowadays, a straight red. <laughs> you know, uh, it, was a it was a perfect tackle back then. Nah. And it, to yeah, me, it yeah. should still be a perfect tackle. But nah, nowadays, absolute straight red, stonewall. <laughs> and um, and that, that changed everything. That made me a veiled player. I loved defending. I loved mm. covering and making the tackles. And I'd always been the one that shouted. Aye, I'd yeah. always been always been the organizer. So when I walked onto that pitch on that day, it was I was shouting at the right back, I was shouting at the left back, I was telling them Aye. to get organized. I was I was getting everyone up and out. I was pulling everyone back in. I was assigning who should be picking up who. Uh, yeah. so I played in that sense like somebody who'd been there for many years, but um, I just didn't think about it. It was all just, nah. we're, all, we're all part of a team. Yeah, yeah. And that was it. But that kept it at 2-0. Mm -hmm. And then late in the game, Chisel Wayne Thornton scored an incredible free kick, like a 30-yard, just run up, <laughs> waste it, effort to pull it to 2-1. And introduced some panic in them in the last uh -huh. 
10 minutes and Tarnade came off the bench and <laughs> uh, the cross came in that bounced in and there was Tarnade about six yards out to, to side uh-huh. football at Terrible, home my and, uh, to make it 2-2 and it set off a great you know, first day for all the Vale fans were nah. expecting the worst on that day to have a 2-2 <laughs> result was uh, was tremendous and it it really set the tone for me for that season but I think for everyone that season because yeah. externally the thoughts were pretty poor but as Dippy's uh, chat said the team internally was actually really good Aye, yeah yeah, good. Uh, what was Kevin Bremner like to play for? I talked about John Teasdale being somebody uh-huh. that I've got a huge amount of respect for. Kevin, yeah. Kevin, I'd go a step further with that. Okay. Um, in terms of, I would say Kevin's probably one of my football idols now. Okay. Um, Craig, uh, said, I think it was Craig who said that he'd never seen anybody work harder. No. And we might as well talk on Craig Stewart right now on that. Okay. Craig, Craig, toward, Craig towards the end of his time at Devon side, 18s, he played a few times for Devon Vale. Yeah. And every time he did, he scored. I think there was, I can remember there being one midweek game, I think, against Lossie. Yeah. That he'd came off the bench and scored to win it 3-2 or something. And Craig had a knack of scoring. Yeah. Nah. When he played with Kevin, I think early season he'd maybe played and he scored, and he chose to go to Elgin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And in his in his chat, you know, he he didn't really make much of that choice. He did say it was the wrong choice. It yeah, was, yeah. It wasn't just the wrong choice. It was a horrific choice <laughs> because because had Craig stayed. Of that year, Kevin would have gotten fit, mm-hmm. and the the two things that let Craig down were his fitness and his attitude. Mm. And Kevin would have got both of them in exactly the right place. No, yeah, you cannot. It's you can't underestimate the ability that Craig had. No, in terms of his volleying. His ability to strike a bar for the edge of the box. He had a great touch, but a very upright body when he took a touch. And he didn't nah. have to bend in running. And it is a real shame for um, for me looking back at the likes yeah. of Craig and thinking, if he'd stayed at the Vale, I think nah. he would have been one of the best Highland League strikers for okay. 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. Just but, uh, that those, one of those decisions there eh, that... It changes well, so much. He went to Elgin and, you know... He, he certainly got, said himself he didn't enjoy it up there. No, but at the time it was seen that he got a decent signed on fee that helped him buy right. a car mm-hmm. was, was the viewpoint there. And the problem was it meant Friday night he would be you know, maybe getting a takeaway or something like that instead of, <laughs> instead of being, you know, physically prepared for the game the way that Kevin would have had him. Right, yeah. And he gained he gained probably a stone that he found it too difficult to shift after that. Because okay, yeah. mm-hmm. honestly again I think he could have been he would have been up there with the likes of Martin Stewart at the time. Yeah, okay. Aye. Um, if he had got the 
it got Kevin's bug for getting fit. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Kevin would have worked him. He was brilliant. So, but Kevin, I he made us work hard. Everything was simple. Aye. He the first game of the season, he said, "Right, we're playing four four two. The reason that is that when we're defending, we've got eight defenders. When we're attacking, we've got six attackers. Mm-hmm. That's the formation I like to play." He recognised what he felt his best team was. Yeah. And when they were available, they played. Yeah. He was a positive guy. Yeah. He was a natural, enthusiastic leader. And he still had a bit of ability on the pitch then as well, didn't he? Aye. Aye. But for his ability, you know, his ability was kind of hidden behind his work rate. Work aye. aye. Yeah. And, his, and his ability wasn't there to, he wasn't there to show off. He was actually there to improve the other players around him. He, he didn't. He didn't really, in my opinion, he didn't see the value of being the best player in the Devonvale team. No. He wanted the other players to be better, and he would just tailor his involvement in a game Aye. to try and yeah. suit everyone else that was around him. Yeah. Um. But just an absolute gem of a guy. A great guy. Both him and his brother Des, what they've done in terms of football for guys with fall you incredible. <laughs> Magic. If we're going through that season, um we obviously had the the joy of the Aberdeenshire Shield that year. Uh-huh. And that was the first bit of silverware that the Vale had in a long time, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was I think it was 16 years it was talked about, and certainly Stuart McPherson right. was, you know, he he was chuffed to bits with it, obviously, and there's uh-huh. a, he's got a couple of good photos with him and Kevin with the Shield uh-huh. the day after. But, I was at that uh, game myself as a boy. Right, yeah. I would, must, must have been 11 at the time, maybe it was there with my dad, eh? so, I remember. So, so would you have... Um, I was on the pitch after it, I, <laughs> I remember it vividly, eh? So were you describing it as a uh, floodlight robbery then? Uh, I was probably too young to really know. I was just delighted that <laughs> Vale had actually won something after uh, a couple of years of watching them get home. Uh, I mean, it was it, it was a great night and it was a great tournament actually for us. We Aye. played. We played. I think it was Keith in the first round. Night we beat them in Aye. extra mm-hmm. time. It was like three two. Okay. And then, and then we played the Broch away the following Wednesday and beat Aye. them one nil up there. And then Cove, so it was a difficult one, and it was Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and and like I say, Cove, I, we got we got battered that night. Um, <laughs> the the goal itself, I don't think was ever a penalty. The <laughs> it was like a ball into the box that somebody'd flicked up, and it it bounced and hit Davy Morland yeah. in the hand. Yeah. It, there was nothing much he could do about it, um, but Bridgie took the penalty, 85th minute, 1-0 up, and, and Bradley <laughs> Kerr kept the ball in the corner for the next five minutes. <laughs> it was the easy, easiest five minutes of that game was uh-huh. the last five minutes when we were 1-0 up. Um, and Brad, having Brad's, Brad and Bridgie's quality to keep the ball in that top right. corner. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that, that must have been... Must have dined out and up for a while. There must have been some party after that. Aye. Well, it was a Wednesday <laughs> night, though. It was a Wednesday Aye. night, so... Maybe it wasn't quite that night, then. 
No, I was I was a student in Aberdeen at that time. Okay, aye. So it was a night out in the ministry for me. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> a, a bit of dancing through the evening. It was probably the only night I went out in my shirt and my veil tie. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was just a great feeling. It was a great time, and it was just two three months into becoming a Highland League player. Yeah, aye. So it was. Could you well, tell for there that, that Vale were, were improving and were going on the up? Oh, definitely. I mean, that Aye. season, a few weeks later, I think we went top of the league. Aye. Um, I think it was maybe Forrest. We beat 4-2, I think, to go mm. top of the league. And we remained in that neck of the woods until about March or that, mainly because we'd played more games. Okay, aye. We got beat in the first round of the qualifying cup, which was a bit stupid at Bucky. Um, but Bucky seemed to have a bit of a sign over us at the time. Aye, yeah. And um, but that meant that we played a few extra games. The Vale pitch, tended by Dugan, was always in great nick, so there weren't yep. many games off. Um, but just the team, Kevin just knew how to put together a team. Aye, yeah. And when he took in Stewie Cameron. So mm-hmm. about Christmas, well, January, that helped. But he he gave young players the chance to play. And yeah, yeah. If you go through that team now, and again, I didn't appreciate the time. Vici in goals, who was eighteen. Mm-hmm. Wayne Wayne Schofield at right back, who was probably early twenties. Myself at sweeper, who was eighteen. You had Stewie <laughs> Stewie Cameron at left back, who was nineteen. Aye. Centre half was slightly older. They changed over the years. Um, but Mark Strachan, or over the season, should I say, Tani for a while, Mark Strachan for a while, Jim Watson for a while. Yeah. Um, midfield, Murray Ritchie was early 20s. Bridgie yeah. was early 20s. Um, <laughs> right, Kevin Christie, later Ross McLean. They were early 20s, and Ross McLean was only about 18, 19. Uh, Kevin, yeah. Kevin up front, and that would have been Craig up front with him. So <laughs> it was an incredibly young team, but Dippy kind of touched upon it as well. Such a underrated team. That, that team, right. for me, if Kevin had stayed for the next two, three years, <laughs> I think we would have been in the top uh, the top three or four within, within two seasons. Right. And that Devon Vale would have won the league quicker than they did. You are obviously made captain of the Vale at a, yeah. a very young age, at 19, I think you said. Yeah, just turned 19. Um, was that a proud moment? And did, that, did you feel the pressure being so young as a captain with older boys in the team? Or did you take uh, it? Like that was always, well, as I said earlier, it was a bit of a mouthy get uh, <laughs> in the team. But not... It was just... I always organised because that was my role at sweeper was to keep everything and keep everyone on that and so I'd been captain of pretty much every team I'd played for so it was it wasn't a a big deal in that sense other than the fact that when he he read out in the dressing room right Rattray you'll take a seat today you'll be captain and you could just see a few (laughs) of the the lads there Uh thinking (laughs) but how old is he? He's seen a lot. Uh, did you get a hard time for a few of them, Mike? No, you just nah. you just got a little bit of the kind of 
a bit of the hey, he just <laughs> which was that. But the in that first game was a cup game and we lost to uh, the Brock. Okay. No, but I did all right and sort of at two 0 late on I was kind of pushing up for sweeper to try and get a goal. And they we kept it at that. So the next the next week we went and played Bucky at Bucky. Okay. Mm. And we won six 0 Right. Kevin Bremner and Ross McLean both got heartbreaks. Um and so that was me sort of cemented as captain. <laughs> the following following week we played Keith midweek, we beat them two one. We then played Elgin at Elgin. So this was me going uh-huh. back, going back to Borough Briggs. Um, going straight ahead, straight like head to head against a certain Craigie Stewart, uh-huh. um, and I'd watched Elgin as a kid. I'd played for their teams going through. Uh-huh. We, we slaughtered them. Uh-huh. It was four 0 It was probably one of the best displays I would have said of that entire season. Murray Ritchie was immense on that day. Okay. And, um, and there was that was that was it. We won. We won team of the month for February off the back of that sort of set of results. So that was me cemented as yeah. skipper in that. And I just remember sitting, singing away in the bath at El, the big old bath at Barrow uh-huh. um, <laughs> A sheer, sheer joy at returning. You know, that's a, conquering, a conquering return. <laughs> I will not say hello to Craig Stewart again. He got sent off trying to do me in that game. Um, but he, it was, it was sweet. And then football's always got the flip side to it. The, uh-huh. following, the following week, with Kevin putting a, a bit in the green final, you know, saying how well I'd done as captain and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. That that was sort of centre pages of the green final. Aye, yeah. But then you went to the back page and we'd played Cove, and um, it had Rattray OG. And <laughs> Cove seven, Devon Vale nil. <laughs> so, so we're uh-huh. back down to earth with a, uh, a pretty strong bump there. The Vale managers you played under a few. But was it uh, Kevin Bremner got the best out yeah? But you also played under Bra- was Brian Stewart, Alan Scott, Billy yeah. Anderson. Yeah, well, Kevin. When I say Kevin got the best out of me, Kevin not only had a great blend on the pitch, he got the perfect blend off it. Okay. And that was Billy Anderson and um, Dode Simmers. Aye. Uh, and Kevin, you know, Kevin had the the football knowledge, and he played, but he didn't um, he didn't bully us in the dressing room because he was on the pitch. Aye. Yeah. Dode Simmers would come in, and he would growl at us, uh-huh. and can he would look for the the hundred percent. He would look for the hard tackles and stuff like that. No. He, he would rattle the cages a wee bit and he would hear go at you for things. <laughs> but Billy Anderson would then sit down around you and put his arm around your shoulder and say, well, yes. what, were you, what were you thinking with this? Or what were you doing in this? Or this is really good. And um, that that combination with three was a perfect combination. And um, I've got to say that Billy Anderson... For me, he's the probably most underrated coach of all of the ones that's generally discussed from no. that in Banff. 
Um, I loved Billy to bits. I absolutely loved him to bits by the way through my career. If we as we go over the mm -hmm. career, the, the places that I've enjoyed playing, Billy Anderson was there. Aye, okay. Um, and again, if you look at Billy's career, the, before we went to the Vale, the likes of when mm -hmm. Dippy and that arrived at the Vale, it was Joey Harpin and Billy. Aye, that's right. Yep. Kevin and Billy. And then mm -hmm. at Bucky, it was Alan and Billy. Aye. Devon Vale, Devon Vale win the league when Billy <laughs> goes there to compliment right. Greg. Yeah. And then Billy, while Greg went obviously to Bucky and won as well, to show his quality, Billy went to Huntley and took a team from nowhere. <laughs> Aye. Won the league Amazing well. achievement. Yep. And um and the quality of both Scotty and Stuarty, their ability, their their sort of technique and that says a lot for Billy as well. And I think I think Billy's one that should be talked about an awful lot more and in a lot Aye. with a lot more um respect and for what he's achieved. Everyone I've had on that's He's been involved in a team they've been part of has spoken very highly of Billy. Aye, he's, he's superb. I mean, basically, if he didn't like you, you were out. Aye. <laughs> there was no messing about. If you didn't mm -hmm. want to work and play for Billy, Aye. He, he just went, okay, that's fine, see you later. <laughs> but, Which is the way it should be. Uh, but if you played for Billy, he, he had your back 100%. Aye. He's just yeah. a, great, a great guy, but also, like I say, just... Aye. Great banter, great knowledge of the game. He could shout at you, he could have a right go at you, he could smile with you, he just did everything. <laughs> just lovely guy. Nice. Um, also, a few good Scottish Cup memories at the right. Well, Alan obviously took over. Um, later to be known as the Gadji amongst us at Bucky. <laughs> um, so, Alan took over and the, we went back to Elgin for the qualifying cup and, and another great memory at Borough Briggs, the 2-1 yeah. win. It was it was a hard fought one. Um, another game where Elgin ended up, I think they ended up with nine men and <laughs> we were 2-0 we were up. We'd been the better team throughout and then I, they, they scored one late on and the referee ended up playing about seven minutes injury time so. and it was that was a game, a day that I probably, I probably played like a bit of a captain that last seven minutes. Okay. It was just a case of making sure, get that bar clear. Everyone's organised, <laughs> everyone's winning. We're picking up and stuff like that. Um, Dippy was outstanding on that nice. day yet again, but just battled the way through it. And <laughs> you're talking <laughs> about you coming on the pitch at Keith. It was the committee that were on the pitch at Bricks. <laughs> Uh -huh. um, I can remember again. We go back to Mr. Banff that Dippy saying that the first person that he seen was Mr. Banff, and he was in tears and that because it meant so much to the club. Aye, mm -hmm. it's been um, so either thirty-two or thirty-six years. I'm not entirely sure since they'd been. That's in. right. Yeah, but it had been such a long time, and yeah, that was great qualifying for it. Yeah, and then you were involved in the Albion Rovers. Game where Craig claims he uh, outpaced the defender. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's not just Craig claiming that. It was the <laughs> it was the BBC reporter claiming uh -huh. Uh -huh. that. Um, I was actually off the pitch when Craig scored. 
Okay. There was a, a throw in that covered. They did a striker who was pretty highly rated at the time and who was right. um, who was being touted for a move down south in the papers. And okay. I sort of nipped in front of him and a clash of heads. So his head on the side of mine. Uh, although Aldo yeah. Simmer's got a different view, he said he headbutted me, but <laughs> it basically cut cut the skin away to the side of my head, just above my ear. Huh. So I had to go off at that point, and then um, Alistair Alistair Murray, another character, uh-huh, yeah, he had the the gloves. He does balaclava off for this one. It was it wasn't <laughs> that car, but he had the gloves on, and he he went. Uh, Rightly, you've got two options. I can either stick a needle in and give you an anaesthetic that'll work in about 10 minutes time, by which time I'll have finished stitching your heat up, <laughs> or we can just stitch your heat up straight away. So it was at the side of the pitch where he was stitching my heat up and um, the bar got played through and Craig went in and I was like, aya, aya, go on, aya, aya, yes! <laughs> and uh, and goes drop next. stitches. <laughs> in goes the next stitch, and um, I think I think I was back on just after the centre. Um So Craig, Craig had to out, uh, he must outpace the whole defence because we were down to ten men at the time. Aye. But but that was again that was Craig. That was another example of Aye. how good a player he could have been because whenever it was a big game, he scored. Aye, yeah. But um, Heggy. Eggy scored a great goal with Dippy, setting him up for that. Aye, yeah. And um, Dippy, Dippy again ran the show. I think he, the the live wire was the headline for uh-huh. Dippy and that because I think he was a sparky at the time or that. So that's right. Aye. Typical, <laughs> the typical Scottish media with their um, <laughs> with their their best things. But it's a great photo that one where. Alan in the front, and then us all That's just right. pouring, the, pouring the beer over his head, um, <laughs> and it was a thoroughly deserved win. Aye, and a great times. day, a great day with the Vale fans as well. I mean, it's okay, a aye. it's a horrible ground that, but because so much of it it was walled off, the Vale fans singing was echoing back off the other side. <laughs> so, so when we're on the pitch. I, I sort of remember about three of the songs. There was one, I got a nice, like, rap reggae, so wave kind of one. But uh-huh. there was a You'll Never Walk Alone um, <laughs> that rang out. At this time, we're 2 0, and they'd, they'd given up the ghost. We were well Aye. on top. So at Sweeper, I was able to kind of enjoy this. Aye. And I joined in on that one. <laughs> um, and then at the end of that, and it was lovely, just it was reverberating almost round the ground as though there was a few thousand there. Yeah. And then at the end of that one, um, came the Devon Vale fans singing, We're going to win the cup. <laughs> which was a lovely bit of humour at the end of it. Uh-huh. Great day, really great day. Um, and you're saying about dining out on the Shield. Well, that, that night was a better opportunity because it was a Saturday night. Magic. So we went back to um, Dundee with Dippy. Okay. We stayed at stayed at Dippy's house. Um, I think it was me, Tani, it was another couple were kipping on Dippy's fleer. Aye. We went out to the, the Mardi Gras with uh-huh. Heggy and all this kind of lot, which was 
<laughs> something new to to us who'd just been out in Aberdeen or Elgin uh, to to walk in through the metal detectors to make sure we didn't uh-huh. have knives. Um, <laughs> so that was and, I, and we're wandering about with this this uh, shirt and ties on and obviously with stitches in my head I couldn't have washed my hair, which wasn't a good <laughs> news when I had the bonnie curtains at the time. Uh-huh. But um we were outdone in terms of the shirt and tie that night because there was a certain Davy Dodds, oh, <laughs> elephant man as he was known, walking about, <laughs> walking about with cream suit and his Rangers tie. Ucha. Which was, <laughs> it was a sight to behold at that time. <laughs> but it was uh, a great night and um, I don't think any of us could pick out a word of what Dippy's dad was saying in the morning. <laughs> so, uh, good times. The pure Dundee accent, um, but yeah, it was lovely. It was lovely. Magic. Yeah, uh, I guess then you kind of maybe made a decision uh, for your education rather than football, and you ended up going out to America. Well, how did that come about? Well, a slightly different kind of thing behind it. I think when I was when I was starting being back in the farm, my uncle died in a kind of farm accident, okay. and it left. Um, my dad to look after the entire farm Aye. and at that time is to move his mum and my uncle who'd got Down syndrome um, who okay. was an utter, utter joy he was the only guy that I really got to play football with when I was young and he okay. was Aye. A, real, a real influence on me on the whole but Brilliant. He to, they had to be moved out of the farmhouse because the farm would have to be sold okay and, over the next three years, as a teenager, all I saw was everything that Dad had built falling to bits. Aye. His uncle, with his brother dying, um, the farm having to be sold, all this kind of stuff. And yeah. and I kind of made the decision more at that time that I wasn't going to set myself up in such a small place. Okay. I wanted Aye. to spread my wings quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Devon Vale experience, going back to that tackle in my first game, mm-hmm. from that moment in the Devon side social club, after that night, Dad became known as Stevie Ratley's dad. <laughs> now, back in Uckert, back in Uckert, all the crap that had happened, you know, the, the uncle dying, Dad had a heart attack in the Devon side year. Okay, um, and it it meant he was pretty insular at that time. And when I yeah. say pretty in, insular, he never, you know, it, it's a real credit to him and mum that it never really affected us. He never, he never started Aye. drinking. He never got abusive. He never got aggressive. You know, he dealt with no. everything yeah. in Aye. like an uh, old-fashioned way. He just got on with things. Yeah, and, and mum looked after us and was a. Um, gave us that positive attitude and that kind of confidence that I was talking about. Yes. But that moment where he became Steve Rattie's dad and it started swapping um, tatties for fish with Alan Still, who welcomed <laughs> them uh-huh. and was great. And that changed the entire family dynamic for me. Um, so Devon Vale wasn't just a place that I played football. It no, no. has affected every part of my life going forward from there. And yes. 
my dad's still with me so far. Um, my mum and dad are just sort of across the road, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, at 83, but I don't think necessarily he would be here if it wasn't a for the involvement of Devon Vale, the support okay. he got, the way he was welcomed into the dressing rooms with Great. the likes of Feather McPherson, Alec McPherson, who was lovely, Dugan, who he'd played band against, Stilly, um, and the boardroom at the time, likes of Mr. Bob, Freddie Bruce, um, yeah. these kind of guys who were brilliant to him. And Aye. so the Vale meant a lot, the Vale meant a lot to him as well, but like I say, it got to that point where things things weren't as good. Um, the team the team got changed. I think that Alan made a couple of mistakes when he came in. He wanted to kind of almost maybe put a stamp on the team, maybe make some changes. Aye. Um, didn't I kind of necessarily recognise the quality of Murray Ritchie? Okay. He maybe mm-hmm. he maybe saw Murray not working that hard when Murray Murray wasn't have been lazy. He just held his position brilliantly and allowed Bridget to go and do something else. Aye, yeah. Um, he maybe didn't recognise the quality of Ross McLean, who had, to be honest, I hadn't recognised the quality of Ross McLean for half the season. He was a <laughs> bit. He was a bit like the. Um, Ted McMinn, the Tin Man at, uh-huh. at Rangers in the kind of eighties, that he never knew which way he was going. He was a he was about a <laughs> six foot something winger with broad shoulders. <laughs> but Kevin changed that that game at Bucky that I mentioned. Kevin came out in the paper beforehand. And he said, "Look, Ross McLean's now our number one striker ahead of me. He's <laughs> a first pick ahead of me." And he gave he gave Ross the confidence, and yeah. and Ross he flourished over the tail end of that season. Okay. And I didn't think Alan had maybe Alan had probably seen a lot of Ross's poorer performances. Okay. So in the pre season that year, um, before Alan came in, we played in the space of nine days, we played Fulham, Braith Rovers, Fulham um with Jimmy Hill up in the stand, uh-huh. Terry <laughs> Hur- Terry Hurlock on the pitch. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nick Cusack, I think, was guys that had won the Scottish Cup and that. Yes, I. Harlock, he was an animal, wasn't he? He was a, he was a, <laughs> he was a tree. He was Aye. an absolute beast. I tried, I tried to do him. <laughs> so I go sliding in. My bat all day long. I hit him. It's like hitting. It was like hitting a tree. <laughs> I just stopped. He's looking down. He flicks the bat over me. And he, deliberate, <laughs> he deliberately stands on my legs and walks over me as he's going away, as if to say, "Yeah, right. no chance. Get lost. Get lost." <laughs> um, uh-huh. But yeah, it was great. But we played Wraith Rovers, which was the team, uh, the likes of Jim McAnally and all that. But it was the team that went on. Played to, Bayern. Yep. Aye. Um, I can't mind it if we'd somebody like Brechin or that in there. We played Hibs. With the likes of Mickey Weir, Keith Wright, yeah, um, Joe team. Tortolano, decent, and we played Dundee with Jim Duffy, um, and all that kind of guys. All nice. of this in this, with five games like that in the space of nine days, and then on the Saturday, on the Saturday, played our first time league game, <laughs> which you would never have thought, schedule. You would never think of doing nowadays. Yeah, um, 
But then after the Saturday, we played Aberdeen midweek. We're all eight, can Ian Jess, uh-huh. and Scott Booth. So it was, yeah, that was that. But Alan never, well, Ross McLean destroyed um, Hibs and Dundee. Uh, yeah. Absolutely on fire. But then in the first game of the season, we went away to Fort William and Alan started with Ross on the bench and Craig started up front because okay. Craig had signed for us in the summer. Right, yeah. And he left Murray Ritchie out of the team and put Stuart Bell in centre mid, who was, wasn't at the same quality as Murray. Right. And at that, right at that moment, we lost two of our best players. Okay. That um, I think if, if Billy had stayed with Alan, or if he'd mm-hmm. just a little bit more sort of look at the, the team from the season before, I think that might have been different. Okay. So that so the atmosphere just changed a little. Right. Um, and there's <laughs> I've still got some clippings of Dippy putting in his transfer requests. He used to have uh-huh. a transfer he used to have a <laughs> transfer uh, request typed up in the bottom of his bag coming up in that metro. <laughs> um, but it came out a few times that season. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, the club did well to keep him to be fair because Dippy could have uh-huh. played first Dippy could, was the, the only player on our team that could have went to Huntley at that okay aye, aye. Um, but yeah the atmosphere just wasn't quite the same and the Scottish Cup lifted things it was aye. it was brilliant but on the flip side we got Keith in the next round aye. and that we should have beat them on the first day. Dode Simmers was so unlucky. Young Dode Simmers was unlucky. How Thainer managed to deflect on the bar, I'm not sure. No. We should have beat them on that day. The That night out, I don't know, it was Christmas time, roughly. Okay. Billy, Billy owned the Seafield. That's right, aye. So we all went out to the Seafield after the, the Keith game. <laughs> and the the highlights were on sports scene on the, Friday, on the Saturday yeah. night. Yeah. The draw was directly after the highlights. Okay. So we're on the front bar of the Seafield and we've watched the highlights and it's like the, the usual, oh, so close now, this kind of stuff. <laughs> and then the draw came up and I'm pretty sure it was Gordon Smith. And nice. first to the heart was Devon Vale or Keith uh-huh. versus Rangers. Aye. <laughs> the place utterly exploded. Erupted, eh? Aye. I mean, <laughs> it, it was... It was that proper like scenes that you see at um, like fan zones. Aye, yeah, yeah. Any <laughs> anybody who was drinking anything that just got lobbed in the air. I turned twenty on the Thursday in between those two games. Okay. And on the on the Tuesday night, I'd. I uh, oh know it was the Tuesday I turned twenty. And Aye. On the Thursday, the night out in the ministry, the following at that time was exams time as well. So on the Saturday, the second game, I had exams Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday after it and politics and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was just a surreal week. Um, I was out on the Monday night, the Wednesday night and the Thursday, <laughs> which was uh-huh. which was standard for me. I didn't drink. I just went out and danced. And had a bit of fun. It's a bit of a, a bit of a tart in my young days, shall we say? So, <laughs> um, 
had a very memorable Monday evening um, with one of the coins from a class that looked at Pocahontas. Uh-huh. And, um, <laughs> and I'd hardly slept. And then we went to training and it was getting interviewed because I was the captain. Right. And, yeah. And I'd hardly slept. It was just about my birthday. I was sort of on cloud nine and they're asking me questions about playing against Ali McCoist and Brian Loudrup and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I'm just standing there with my curtains and the biggest grin on going, aye, aye, McCoist, <laughs> Loudrip. It was, yeah, that was, it was, a, it was surreal. And then the game on the day when Keith turned up for it more than we did, that was, that was a, such a tough one to take. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think at that point, that was kind of the turning point in my Devon real time. Aye. I think from there, I kind of really pick out a lot of joyful memories. Okay. Uh, I kind of, I think I started looking towards, as you're saying about the America thing, I started Aye. looking at the end of that season towards travelling. Yes. I was coming to the end where I was getting to, I'd completed my degree by that point. Mm-hmm. So it was the right time to go and travel. Aye. So I got in touch with Kevin Bremner again, and I said to him, "If he hears anything in the states, to let me know, or to yes. keep forward for it." Um, and I just started kind of looking into things at that point. And Sean Dawkin from Charleston Southern University was over at Gillingham, and yeah. looking for sweepers and stuff like that. Aye. Kevin did the speed work and I was sitting in my flat, I think it was a, a December, and it was the flat on Crown Street above a butcher, so it was never going to be warm. <laughs> um, that it was me and Dippy had had the flat, we stayed together okay. for that Aye. year. And I was sitting watching The Simpsons on the Sunday night where in my nana's al chair where a <laughs> duvet a duvet at the top of me to keep me warm. <laughs> and the phone rang and it was uh, Sean who's an English kind of lad who was coaching the States mm-hmm. talking about oh do you want to come to play for Charleston South Carolina and I was like <laughs> yes please <laughs> so it took a little bit of time to get through that process right but, um, that it, again it's I've got Kevin Bremner to thank for mm-hmm. for arranging that in the first place and um, that season, uh, Elgin came in with a bid for Stewie Cameron and myself. Um, okay. I think it was about seven grand. They bid for the two of us who both came through the youth setup. Stewie was part of that. Aye. And under 18s at Elgin. Um, and Stewie went, but I said to Elgin it was a waste of time because I was going to leave in a year. So there was no Aye. point in spending the money. So I decided at that point, but at the Vale, Vale brought in Scotty Anderson. And yes. In that summer, the Euro 96, which is now back on the telly, mm-hmm. the top teams played a 3-5-2. That's right, eh? The Germans played a 3-5-2 in that. So we switched to a 3-5-2. And with Scotty coming in, um, he picked up that sweeper role. Okay. And so I moved to right wing back, which 
<laughs> which I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable in it because yeah. I'd been a central player that was right-footed. So I opened up my body to turn to the right. Aye, yeah. And you would generally play a curved ball kind of from there, like a inside the right past the mm-hmm. fullback. If you did that, it was a throw-in when you're at uh, yeah. right wing back. <laughs> so it took a, it took, it would have taken me more than one year to adjust to it. But yeah. I, loved, I loved the bombing up and doing the line. And <laughs> uh, managed to get five goals that season. Would have easily doubled that if Dippy could have switched the bar earlier. <laughs> um, because they, they, both Dippy and myself were fitter than the guys we were playing against. Okay, aye. And if Dippy just diagonaled it in behind and not relied on me taking three touches to beat the keeper, but just giving me a race in to shoot, mm-hmm. um, I'm pretty sure I would have gotten the end of quite a lot of that yeah. season. But Good. Scotty Anderson, you know, he's another character that we should probably touch on because he's a veil, uh-huh. a veil lad and that. Scotty came in and we're probably chalk and cheese in terms of sweepers. Uh-huh. I I ran and covered everyone and organised everyone and tried to just... I loved defending anything. Aye. Whatever it was, I would double up and support. Whatever it was. But So when I looked at Scotty playing, I looked at Scotty initially and think he should be covering him. He should be helping him. He did not help his teammates Aye. in the same way that I would have covered and helped the teammates. But it, the truth was, Scotty played at a different level than I did. Mm-hmm. And Scotty came up through Rangers, went to St. Johnston, and Scotty basically, that teammate should be good enough to do okay, that yeah. job. Yeah, yeah. If I go and help him, I'm out of position. Yeah. And so it was just like I say, chalk and cheese. And at that time, the Devon Vale <laughs> team, the players around Scotty, weren't as good as he was. No. So um, it certainly, it was different. It was a funny one looking at it from right wing back, thinking, no. Scotty, you should have covered that. But Scotty's neither the kind of boy that you turn around and say, no. Scotty, you should have covered that. No. Um, he, he would respond pretty quickly. Uh-huh. Um, but again, for the Vale fans will have seen when he had somebody like Dougal beside him, Die. who had the same level of footballing ability. Yeah, he had yeah. the same quality. And the same awareness, that sort of higher level, that player covers there. That's his job. He deals with it. I didn't deal yeah. with his stuff. Um, I think you saw the real quality of Scotty there. And I obviously mm-hmm. played with him later at Bucky as well. But yeah. it was funny when Scotty came in, looking at this guy who'd been at Rangers and who'd been at um, St. Johnston, and mm-hmm. just thinking... He's cheating there. He's not working hard there. Uh, it really just was a different, a different level of awareness, and yeah, again, yeah. his his technique was Stuart Nielsen and Billy Anderson level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. How did you enjoy that playing out there? And was it was it very different? Yeah, superb. 
flew, flown flew, away yeah. by facilities and sort of how serious they take it and things? Well, again, it depends on which school you go to. Aye. So Aye. we flew, I'd injured my knee. It's the first injury I'd had, no, I'd but I'd injured my knee quite early in pre-season that year because I did the pre-season with a veil. Okay. And um, flew over just at the kind of start of the, the season. But I hadn't been able to train for like three or four weeks beforehand. Aye. So I land, landed in Charleston, South Carolina, which is kind of swamp land, but uh-huh. near <laughs> the coast. And it was, when you include the humidity, you stepped off the plane, it was like having a hairdryer in front of your face. Because it was hot, <laughs> hot air blasting at you. Aye. It was over 100 degrees every day. <laughs> which is a bit of a change. Uh-huh. The very first training session was a six-mile run. And <laughs> it was like uh-huh. two, two laps of the campus. And Sean Dawkins, who was a coach, uh, he led it. So okay. he led it from the front. And the assistant coach was an Irish guy called Luca. And he had he said... Just don't let coach beat you, which was a uh-huh. tongue in cheek thing because coach beat everybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but halfway round, so at the at the lap point, the end of the first lap, there was a water table. Okay. I, I stopped. I was like, water, <laughs> water in the mood, water over the heat, water everywhere. And um, Luca, Luca said, don't stop, keep running. That was the first time I told him to. <laughs> uh-huh. F off. <laughs> it was never the last bit. There was me first day of training telling the assistant manager to uh, get lost. But the team the team that was there once again was one that was pretty poor, three hundred and thirty third in the nation at the time. Okay. Um and what Stone did that year was he took a heap of English lads. Um, myself, thanks to Kevin, and three, three lads from Trinidad and Tobago. Okay. And basically changed the entire team. Aye. And when you're saying about facilities, the facilities were decent. Aye. Really mm-hmm. good when you consider we were a small school. Aye. We trained every morning. Yeah. And then had our classes in the afternoon, which was fantastic. It Aye. was shorts and t-shirt all <laughs> the way through um, to the end of November. Aye, very different face sitting in your flat with Dippy under the duvet. Aye, definitely. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll point you, I wasn't under the same duvet as Dippy. Aye. But, um, <laughs> the training was physically tough and Aye. again I go back to the Elgin and Devon Vale with the likes of Tatters and Kevin Bremner. That set me in really good stead because I'd always keep in that top three, four in that yeah, group. Yeah. Squad size was about 32. Okay, aye. So you, you had to train and play hard to make sure you got in the team. Aye, yeah. Um, we ended up winning our winning our group, winning um, okay, the... Okay, Your league is just to play in an end-of-season tournament. It depends where you're seeded. Um, yes. So we finished second in the league, so we got a buy into the semi-final of the tournament. Okay. We won both games in the tournament um, quite comfortably. Uh, I was sort of lucky enough in terms of being captain and that, and sort of got player of the tournament 
award at that, right. um, which was nice. And then the next game we played for effectively the playoffs. So if you think on American football, yes, I, yeah. we've won our division. We're now in the playoffs. So yep. the this was to get into the last 32 or 16 of the nation. We played okay, against I. another league winner from nearby or from the same kind of rough area. <laughs> and when you say that, an away game was three hours. That was a close away game. We, uh, played, yeah. we played one away game in Mobile, Alabama, where we were 16-hour trip each way. <laughs> Um, so we drove, we stayed in the hotel, we played the game, we drove straight back the 16 hours in the van, which was great crack, great, yeah. great advice. Um, but the, so we went and played the away tie. Because they were the higher ranked team, they got home advantage. Yep. In, in the States, with home advantage, you got to effectively arrange who the referee was. <laughs> And there is no question that the referees were maybe paid a little bit more than they needed to. <laughs> every time uh -huh. we played, every time we played at home, the first half we were either a man up or we'd a penalty. <laughs> uh -huh. and, and so it was no surprise in the away game that we were a man down after half an hour. Uh -huh. <laughs> and we we just worked. The team, the team, basically, I was really lucky in there, Sean Dawkins gave me completely free reign to manage the team on the pitch. Aye. So he said that if I wanted to make any changes to the formation or anything during the first half, make it and tell him at half time what he'd done. Okay. So <laughs> um so that was brilliant and going down to ten men, I just basically ordered the players and where they should be. Yeah. And if you're playing at sweeper, if you know where everyone else is then even if your orders are crap, you know where everyone else is. So you're all on the same page so you can fill the gaps. So we held on to nil-nil until the final 10 seconds of the game and we got a free kick in the top corner. And it's a countdown clock. Mm -hmm. so it's not your standard <laughs> clock. It, you could see there was 10 seconds to go and the clock Aye. had stopped because it was a free kick. Aye, yeah. There's no way they were going to clear the free kick and get up the other end with 10 seconds. So we're all up the pitch and the referee refused to put the wall back far enough. <laughs> they were three yards back and he started the clock. He put his hand down to start the clock and it's going 10, 9. And our winger guy is arguing, oh, these guys aren't far enough back. <laughs> like, Keith, just cross it. He whips it in. I was never winning it, but I could see it was just over my head and there was a guy coming in behind me. So I grabbed his man and <laughs> I grabbed my man and ran under the ball. He goes up, heads it into the goal from six yards out. Goal, <laughs> we win. We're second to go. <laughs> Quality. The referee's standing there, waving his hands, blowing his whistle. No, it was time was run out before the goal went in. <laughs> So, oh, beyond Homer, we were, you can imagine, <laughs> we were raging for that. Uh -huh. um, so we go injury tight to extra time. Our centre-half gets injured, other centre-half comes on, they score. Um, uh. the, guy, the guy who was taking the Keith, his real name is Wojciech Spick, but we called okay. him Keith, Keith Chegler. <laughs> um, he, 
he was standing apoplectic with rage in the spot. I had to go up and threaten him that I was going to smack him if he didn't start playing again. Um, <laughs> and he went on and we managed to um, get through the half time. So our normal centre half came on. We moved to two, three, four formation. Oof. Um, I moved up into midfield. Jamie Waters, a couple of English guys. Neil Maguire was a cracking player. Um, he was my roommate out there, and uh, there were some wild nights there. Um, <laughs> he, Jamie, had uh, was playing with one of those great big sort of metal things on his knee. So okay. he played it down the channel to him. He turned and hit it, but because if he turned to play the ball, he couldn't actually stand up after it. So he turned and he fell. And I was running right behind the referee, and I just screamed, penalty. And I think I think the Scottish accent right in the guys like the referee gave a penalty. <laughs> I didn't think he'd a clue. He just had blown blown his whistle and pointed to the spot. Um, we scored the penalty. Go back to our like nine zero one formation. Uh huh. <laughs> um, and we get to the end of the that period. So now it's into southern sudden death overtime. Uh huh. <laughs> They're breaking. Um. So I'd run back to the edge of the box. One of their players must have fallen over the ball. It's played through to one of Trini guys, Bert Williams. He runs in, scores. We've won. <laughs> and at that point, even my even the keeper was past me. It was at the other end. So <laughs> in my last game for the Vale, I'd scored at Huntley. And Huntley uh-huh. were about to win the league. Um, it was 2-0 at Huntley time. I scored in the last minute. And no. Huntley had been singing, the Huntley fans had been singing, and Doug Rigby had been winding them up. And I, uh-huh. scored, I scored, and it was just Bonnie that I was running at the front post, and I did the full run the gauntlet with my hand to my lug, swearing like a <laughs> chicken at all the uh-huh. Huntley fans who'd just gone quiet. So I thought, <laughs> I thought we'd, I'd do that to the frat boys who were there, <laughs> who were there from Furman. He'd been calling me all sorts of names like um, Jock and stuff like that, <laughs> or Scotty. Uh-huh. Um, so I ran up to them and gave them full Scottish um, abuse, and they started climbing over the wall. The wall was only <laughs> three feet high. And I thought, oh, no, I'm not winning that. Either. So I turned and just started bombing it, and fortunately I had a start on them because <laughs> I could well have got proper doing that day. Uh-huh. Um, but that, up. that qualified us for the national tournament. Okay, aye. And we we weren't good enough to win our next game because the the next level was a huge jump up. They were the proper aye. big schools. Yeah. But it was live on Fox Sports. Um, and there was about three and a half thousand at the game. Aye. Uh, and we. After 22 and a half minutes, the game was stopped for a TV timeout. <laughs> we played four quarters. Cheapers. Um, which, which you might actually see in this post-COVID times where there's no... I will. Yeah. We might end up playing four quarters, but we played four quarters. Um, and the team that we were up against included Josh Wolfe, who scored, okay. for, scored for the States at Hamden and at Wembley. Uh-huh. And Clint Mathis, who scored, who was the main American player at the 2002 World Cup in Japan, Aye, yeah. did the same kind of mohawk haircut as mm-hmm. um, 
is Beckham. But the, oh, two, yeah. the two players we played against, that was November, and the March got called up for the American national team. Okay. Um, Mathis was brilliant. And Josh, Josh Wolf, who, like I say, scored in those games, he was. Yeah. I didn't see any difference between him and Mikey Steven at Broch. No. Okay. Very similar players. Aye. Yeah, that was that brilliant time. Lovely weather. Changed, changed my life because I finally appreciated what I'd lost at the Vale. Um, yes, I. Okay. The stuff that I said about my dad, I didn't realise at the time. Yes, I. Um, but finally appreciated that. Cool. And uh, you obviously came back from the States and you're a, you're a spell with Bucky Thistle after that. Yep. Was um, there no option to come back to the Vale or did you want a new cha- challenge? There was no option to come back to the Vale. Um, yep. I came back and Billy, Billy, in the first Christmas that I was home, Billy was with Graham Masson at Lossie. So Aye. I came back and played for them that first Christmas. The second Christmas, Billy and Alan had um, taken over at Bucky just shortly before that. Yeah. So I came back and played for them. Uh, played at the Vale in what was the coldest day ever. Huh. Like I say, it went for that 100 odd degrees. This game, the wind was coming straight down the um, Deverin. Uh-huh. With hail stains in the first half. And we were playing away from the beach. We were playing towards Duffhouse. And it was right in our faces. It was coming sideways. Yeah. So <laughs> rain turned to sleet, turned to hail stains. It was battering us. But <laughs> at half time, we were 3 0 up. Mickey McPherson was playing up front. Okay. He destroyed it. Half time, 3 0 up. So the game couldn't have quite be abandoned. Otherwise, it would have been. Nah. The lights went out at half time. It was the new, the new ground by this time. And yes. still, he came into our dressing room to get Alan to see if he could fix the lights. Because <laughs> he'd been a sparky enough. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So at half, the, at half time, um, that was funny seeing the Vale committee coming into the Bucky dressing room to take it to the Vale man, the Bucky manager <laughs> to fix the lights. Um, so the lights came back on and we ran out four, five two winners. Pelters for the Vale fans coming back with Bucky? No, I found, that, I found that... Um, I got a bit of pelters. One of the, the downsides to the Vale was you got a, there was one or two fans who were a bit too vocal and negative. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was always, it's an experience for quite a lot of Vale players. Aye. There's one or two that just want to have a go. And they <laughs> pick who they're having a go at. And like I say, it was difficult for me adjusting to right wing back. Yeah, yeah. And I got a bit of it in that last year. Okay, aye. Um, so, so you got more pelters when you were actually playing for Vale than when you came back with Bucky? In the final year, aye. Um, but if if you're winning 5-2, you're not going to get pelters. No, that's it. That's it. <laughs> You've just got to smile at them. But I, I loved a lot of the Vale fans. gone really well with, aye. with yeah. the majority of them. So there was no problem in that sense. But aye. that summer then when we came back, I had two options. It was Elgin City or Bucky. Okay. I'd agreed with Tatters to go to Elgin City. Um, and I said to him, well, I'm going to Billy Anderson at Bucky. And he was yeah. like, all right. I said, right, I'll, I'll see you on Wednesday or whatever. There's no way I was leaving Bucky without signing with Billy there. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Billy was just rats, you're signing. 
But Billy, I've spoken to Elgin. I've got to speak to. I've got Rats here signing, and it, it was just like, <laughs> I okay, Billy. Um, <laughs> the option. And it was a great, a great move they brought in. But there's a photo of the new signings, and it's Mikey Ray, Scotty Aye. Anderson, Levi Stephen, myself, John Scott, uh, <laughs> Gordy Duncan. And, good bunch here. Oh, good bunch, and it just we again a team that was down fifteenth in the table. Aye. We were one win away from winning the league that year. That's right. There was a few decent placements over all your time there, was there? Just uh, missing the title. We, we basically finished second equal, third, third, third. Aye. Um so it was a, a good team. I mean the the defensive unit at the back was immense. The Aye. the team spirit again, you can say Billy Alan Alan who such a great guy, Alan. Such a big loss. Yeah, um, yeah. Alan with Billy was a different character. Okay. And the two of them were, you know, while I didn't enjoy my veil time as much, that time at Bucky was the happiest probably of my entire career. For okay, yeah. And, and the combination of uh, Gadji and the Cove, as they get they got <laughs> called, was uh-huh. just it was um, it was really good. And so, in, in a sweep, sweeper had kind of become defunct by this point of it. So far, were you playing? I was um, centre mid. There was I played three five two again. Aye. So I moved in, and um, basically Levi and Johnny, the the two of them, they didn't need any help passing the bar. Nope. <laughs> but they needed help running. Okay. Aye. So. <laughs> So basically, they got the bar, and I bombed it up the pitch. Okay, aye. Neither, aye. Of, neither of them was particularly interested in defending either. No. So I was <laughs> box to box. I just went up and back and sort of cut, effectively played as a midfield sweeper or a number 10. And okay, just picked aye. up yep. the spaces running either way and, and didn't I get too involved with things in the middle other than to tackle if I needed to. But just left it to the absolute quality of John and, um, Aye, yeah, and yeah. Levi, um, which made it it made it a game really easy and um, yeah. up, ended up second top scorer for Bucky that year. Okay, right. And uh, again, your spell in Bucky, another another uh, Scottish Cup highlight. Yeah, that first year was great. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just I'll just put in the point that I scored against Vale again that thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> in the last the last game of the millennium at Vicky okay. Park so across the, the right for Cormain I got in front of the dip to head it in the back post yeah. and then scored in the first game of the millennium as well but Aye. that was kind of quite sweet the following season we got a very lucky draw in the Scottish Cup at that time I think we got somebody like Fort William and um, okay aye we get Fort William and Rothis, and uh-huh. or was it Rothis and Lossie? I think it was Rothis and Lossie, and both of them were down near the bottom. Aye. And I think we needed penalties against both of them. <laughs> and I think in both of them, they had a penalty to win it, and Mikey Day saved. Nice. So we got through somehow, um, but the when we actually got to the final little touch in the qualifying cup final that year 
because mm. we got beat by the veil. Okay. Um, and again, it felt like we got robbed in the very first minute. Zico was in the in behind, and Chiz jumped on his back <laughs> and flattened him. But it was about thirty seconds in. It would have been aye, a, pen- a penalty and a straight red, <laughs> and the referee bottled it. Ten minutes in, Moby there was Holmes. He'd made a short pass back to Scotty. Moby nicked him, put it past Scotty. And Scotty tripped him. And the referee gave a red card for last month. <laughs> um, and Scotty gave the referee some abuse. And at that oh, point, any, de- <laughs> any descent moved the ball 10 yards further forward. Oh, that's right, really. And Moby scored for the free kick. Ah. So, Vail went on to hammer us that day. Um, okay, but there was a, a fair level of injustice in that one. But we... Um, in the Scottish Cup, we drew Edinburgh City, who we beat away. Charlie Rowley were a great lob late on. Then we played Hamilton Arkies in the next round. Yeah. Um, and they were down in the League Two at the time, um, but they were romping it. I think they, they won about 30 games. They had a streak yeah. of 30 wins. And in the middle of that, we hammered them, absolutely <laughs> destroyed them. Right. Uh, it was 2-0, but it could easily have been 5. Yeah. And uh, it was... It was... Uh, it's hard to say. It was definitely one of my top three highlights. Right. The Vale Shield win uh, yeah. and the Vale Scottish Cup would be up there as well. Right. But the win over Hamilton, um, I'd... Hurt my knee in the second minute of the game. Yeah, and stupidly went down the line to try and just chase a lost cause. Tried to get the foot round the guy to play it in, and they were more intelligent. Cut across you, and I felt my knee pop. Um, but played on. I didn't think I touched the bar in the first half. And I was no. sitting in, sitting in the dressing room at half time, thinking, right, should I say something? <laughs> um. And I was going to say, Alan and Billy, right, he's five minutes. I'm really hurting here. But I got a sort of chubby grip on it. That's, yeah. And I said, Gies, I was going to say, Gies, five minutes. At that point, they subbed off Mara, Bruce, who was the uh-huh. other, Levi was away at the time. No, Johnny was away at the time. He was back to the States. Right. So Mara was the other inside midfielder. Yeah. Um, and they subbed him off for Charlie Rowley. And I'm sitting there going, well, I better. I just kept my mouth shut. Uh-huh. Um, five minutes or so in the second half, Charlie Rowley puts in a corner. I go across the front post, head it. Um, keeper touches it off the underside of the bar. Right. Um, I believe the linesman gave it and he was <laughs> running away. But Craig Stewart and Levi, well, Craig and Levi both missed the ball completely with an open goal on the line. Uh-huh. Before Levi bundled it in, um, Levi got the credit in half the places. I got the credit in half the places. We still argue about it. <laughs> in Facebook uh-huh. And then the second goal, Brian Thompson got the ball and I made the run past him as I would do down the channel to offer yeah. for it. He never passed it. I never expected Tom will ever pass it. Uh-huh. And I just turned back to run back into position when the ball appeared at my feet. 
he'd obviously just done a couple of turns and then passed it. Uh-huh. I turned, gave it into Craigie Stewart yeah. at the edge of the box. I knew I was never getting the pass back for Craig at the edge yeah. of the box. <laughs> he could have laid it off and I would have had a, like a side foot one-on-one for 12 Aye. yards with the keeper. No, no. No, he turned <laughs> and he ripped it. I mean, Aye. just just the the perfect classic Craig shot, laces, top corner mm-hmm. for the edge of the box. Aye. I followed in with the keeper and it was enjoyable to watch the Sky Sports News the next day. Uh-huh. <laughs> where the bar was flying in, and as the bar's hitting the net, I'm doing a kind of jumping celebration near the keeper. Uh, but Craig, a great, great goal. Aye. Fantastic goal. And um, another sign of his quality there. Yeah, yeah. And then we got Ross County in the next round. Aye. And um, in that game, you know, I touched on Scotty. Scotty and Levi in that game showed that they were players at that level. Yeah. They were arguably better than what was in the Ross County team, which was managed by Tati at the time. Okay, aye. Which was up near the top of the um, first division, so the championship, um, and had the likes of Owen Coyle up front. uh, Mm -hmm. But that defence, which we'll touch on, and a bit later, Scotty and Levi were mm-hmm. just immense that day. And um, we were really unlucky. Charlie Rowley scored again. It was a, a cross that came down. And I was going up against Brian Irvin and Mark Perry. And me and Mara were yeah. going up. And I thought, there's no way I'm out jumping Brian Irvin. <laughs> so I just jumped purely into the two of them. It kind of had no intention of going for the ball. Right. The intention was to hopefully they wouldn't get a clearance on it and they just knocked it down and Charlie fired it in. Yeah. And then they got a, a jammy, curly goal to make it 2-1. <laughs> um, but yeah. it was, Craig touched on that as being a, a tough thing for him. And yeah, he, being left so, out, yeah. Aye. And we remember, you know, you remember the reaction and him in the warm-up. And you could yeah. see how tough it was for him. But there was a subplot to that game where we had an argument about um, bonuses. Okay. Um, and that game effectively ended that Bucky Thistle team. It took, it took okay. another 18 months before Alan and Billy and that left. Yeah. But... Um, the committee basically dissolved to the point that it became um, Eastern Plain mm. alone okay. over the next 18 months. And what was a, a great team, a great place to play, put together while in Billy. Yep. Parted of the ways. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. Okay. Um, you did go on to play for us. I think you said you helped Lawson Huntley. But you, you finished playing football pretty early at 28. Yeah, I'd add in that I played for Elgin City as well. In the, okay, aye. I forgot to sort of highlight. I played Elgin Forest, Lossy. Aye. By that time, the Highland League website really kicked on. Yeah. Um, I was having to be nicer to players on the pitch, <laughs> which uh-huh. was never a good, never a good thing. Um, yeah. And it was affecting when I was at Forest. Aye. I was getting called in to I'd go to training. I would get yeah. called into the boardroom to explain 
why somebody had said something on the rumours page of the website. <laughs> and um, then I would go, I would have missed the majority of training because I was answering questions in the boardroom. Uh -huh, yeah. And then I'd be dropped on the Saturday because I'd missed training. <laughs> and and it was purely, it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have had the profile of league.net. You know, if I'd missed the training because I was in the boardroom, yeah. they've still played. But because I had this sort of profile, um, it, yeah, it affected yeah. my opportunities. And I wasn't, I was stupid. I quit when I shouldn't have. Nah. I, I didn't adapt my game um, early enough because yeah. at the tail end of that season, Charlie Brown beat Devon Vale in the Highland League Cup semi-final, basically single-handedly scored an amazing hat-trick at nah. um, Princess Royal. And in the eight games in between that, I played centre mid holding in a 4-4-2 behind Scotty Matheson because Scotty couldn't tackle, but he could set up. Okay. <laughs> so I just kind of, I changed. I didn't run. I just kept my position, played Mayor or Murray Ritchie type of role. Aye. Yeah. And yeah. I should have stuck to that. I could Is that have, a regret then? Finishing yeah. so early? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Massively. I could have Aye. played another seven or eight years in that role. Aye. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... I felt I'd played 10, 12 years. I felt I'd done so much. I felt that just there was everything yeah. else was getting in the way, but it was stupid. And the, the, the Highland League website, though, was it was novel at the time, obviously. Um, there wasn't anything really like that on the go. And they're still isn't um, um, interested in sort of football media and particularly shining a light in the local area. That's why I'm doing this. Yeah. Which I've got to say, you've done really well. Um, I've really enjoyed the other podcasts, um, but the the coverage wasn't good enough. I realised that when I was in the States. Okay, um, aye, aye. So yeah. I did a thing where I went round schools, got reporters for every game, paid so okay, senior, senior school pupils to report on games. Aye, um, yeah. Gave, gave them the responsibility of adults, gave them, Brilliant, aye. said to them, you're good enough you know, your the level of English you're writing is going to be higher than the majority of the reporters. Yeah. So did that, and we covered every single game for Aye. ten years, which has never yeah. been done in the Highland League. It's nowhere near being done now. No. no. Um, and really, kind of forced the Press and Journal to up their game quite a bit. <laughs> All right. Um and. Yeah, it was it was great. Did a lot there. There's some. It helped a lot of people to progress. Obviously, like so Benji Palmer now writes for the Times. We had Chris McCarty who was writing for who we got writing for the Times. Like Benji, aged fifteen. Okay, um, yeah. magic. And Chris McCarty's now he's in Dubai. He was a lead reporter for the. The sort of Middle East's first daily sports paper, Sport 360. Okay, yeah. He interviewed and did the breaking story about Diego Maradona going to uh -huh. the. Great. So he's, he's like at a three-hour interview in the house of Maradona, <laughs> and he's 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 just a kid for the council estate in Fulham. Um, one of the other lads, um, it was a poem. Kyle McCauley is now the. Head of recruitment for Brighton and Hobalbion. Okay, I, I know so, I, he's, I worked with his dad, Donnie. 
Donny, aye. And Logan, his brother as well. Aye. I didn't know Logan we actually, as well. We actually yeah. went to uh, Emirates when they beat Arsenal. We went down there with Donny, his dad, and saw that aye. game when he was at Austersons. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, aye, no good. Aye, he's doing well with, with Brighton now, aye. with Potter. Aye. Yep. So, I mean, he was another one who came through. He was, uh, That was the office initially, it was him and, um, him and Chris. Cardi, what a level that is! Aye. In the office, and Lauren Grant, who was who she went and got a first class honours degree in law after that as well. Yes, so magic. Was, Aye. Great, uh, um, great to see Kyle doing well. It's great to see Panner doing well. Likes of Benji. And there's so many in between. The likes of Andy Skinner, who's one of the lead reporters for the Press and Journal, he did yep. a pound of work there as well, and was another one who, from the age of 15, 16, was reporting. As well as that, you did hear a brief spell, I think you said, as manager of Dufton and the Juniors. Is that something you want to return to? Definitely. In the Aye. Th- thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, great, a great team, great group of guys. We went from being having no team whatsoever to mm-hmm. finishing above Isle of Ale with okay. Richard Nathan Sharp and um, that kind of lot in there. Aye. And only behind Inverness City who'd been held back for five years I think because of the ah, yeah, yeah. pitch they finally went up at the end of that year um, yeah and now they're having pitch problems again they're not even, yes. they're not even playing this year no <laughs> um, but that was thoroughly enjoyed that and but unfortunately in terms of personal life separation meant that that had yeah. to stop and yeah, yeah. it's been more focusing on enjoying the wee lad playing football uh-huh. And progressing, and the daughter, you know, violining and ice skating uh-huh. and things like Brilliant. that. Uh-huh. That these things have first, first and foremost. But we lads, you'll be under thirteens coming up this season. So okay. give it another five years, and I'll be you'll be back itching to get back. Hi, team wise, uh, Elgin, Elgin used to hey a couple of junior teams, but uh, one, well, certainly there's only one left, and they're not doing very well. No. Yeah, that's, that's fair comment. Um, uh-huh. We'll see what we'll see what happens with with the pyramid. I will. Right. Um, because obviously the the juniors have kind of disappeared from the central belt now. That's right, pretty much. So um, I'm interested to see what's going on here. They're obviously trying to fight against it. I think a lot of folk, but I think there's a lot of people ready to embrace it. Aye. Well, you've got the likes of Nairn Saints talking about yep. it. Yeah, um, and I know from talking to Lewis at uh, Bridge of Dawn, they're, they're very much gearing up towards taking a tilt at that as well. So. Yeah, and it should be the case. I mean, you see the whole reconstruction issue just yeah. now. And the clubs have got their heads in the sand. All they've, all, they've got to do, all they've got to do is look at what's happened with the West of Scotland League this year. That's it. Yeah. And if the majority of the clubs who are in League 2 and League 1 didn't recognise that the likes of Auchinleck, Talbot and Pollock are about to come flying past them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that they're going to end up in the same kind of place as Berwick and East Stirling. That's it. And start thinking about bigger leagues. Then... Yeah, that's true. In 10 I mean, years' time, they're going to be... Half of them are going to be completely out the door playing in lower leagues. That's right. I mean, look how well Cove have done their first year up. Yeah. I mean, that was Cove, Cove and Edinburgh City were the two challengers for that. So, and yeah. you only have to look at East East Stirling and Berwick. Aye. Yeah. They're nowhere near getting back up. 
the lower leagues have got to get away from the ten divisions, the ten um, team divisions. Yeah. Open that up to maybe even three sixteen team divisions. Yeah. Because with the junior teams coming in, there is now enough strength to have three bigger leagues below the Premier. Aye. No, I think so. I think so. When you finished playing, you also got into refereeing, did you? Aye. Well, the referees were always short of referees. Uh -huh. There was the appeals to get referees for our area. <laughs> I, I always got on fine with referees on the pitch. Um, okay, aye. Mm -hmm. I never... I thought you'd to sort of work with referees. You'd to... Aye. If they were making a good decision and the rest of your team were having a go at them, you kind of had to stand up for them and say, no, that's the right decision, and say, good decision, ref. Uh -huh. Ultimately, it helped you. Aye, yep. they, they knew you weren't there to cheat them. Yeah. Um, in my career, I never got sent off. Mm -hmm. And I never even got suspended. Okay. So I didn't pick up many bookings. Mike Ritchie gave me the majority of them. <laughs> and uh -huh. the and so when it came to the end and when I had that profile with HighlandLeague.net it mm -hmm. was kind of fitting that I did something to try and encourage more referees to come through Yeah. so yeah. I was kind of in Murray the one that would step forward and say here players going to be a referee type thing Aye. Um, never really pursued it to the point of trying to be a referee in the Hound League. I won one game at Vale that I was reporting on that a linesman didn't make it. And okay. I ended up running the line um, <laughs> at a pre-season game against, I think it was Cali. Kenny right. Gilbert was playing for the Vale at the time. So that tells you the Vale team was a good Vale okay, team. Okay, yep, yep. I was wearing Blanche's boots. <laughs> um, and it was probably the best first touch I've ever had. I think it was any of his kickouts came to me and it's outside the <laughs> But right. I was, I found it difficult to step away from the playing mentality when I was refereeing. Okay, I yeah. Um, and so I wouldn't, I would be okay. I would have said I was okay as a referee, but yeah. from a player's perspective, not from a referee's perspective. Aye, um, yeah. So you see the guys who've progressed and gone on. So I didn't really commit enough to it but ah, I, continue, yeah. I continue to be a part of the Murray and Banff um, refereeing fraternity I'll do a number of okay. games each aye. season I'll still run the lines in some of the under 20s games right aye yeah um, and they're they're such a great group you know for all the hassle aye. that referees mm -hmm. get it's just the same as being in a team the, yeah yeah, yeah. The, meetings, As, yeah. the meetings are great and every year we go and Murray and Banff, I think we own the Aberdeen referees by now. <laughs> I think we've been involved in seven games against them. I don't think we've lost. Well, we lost okay. one, on, one on penalties. Hope which... being a referee for that game. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, but the, but no, we've, yeah, we've dominated. We've hammered that Aberdeen team. I hope there's some Aberdeen refs listening to this. <laughs> See if they can put together a decent team. Even though our average age or teams now are about sixty-three, we're still <laughs> we're still beating them on a regular Aye. basis with Ali Bruce scoring and Aye. and Ali Somerville playing like uh, like the Kaiser at the back. So <laughs> they are a 
a great bunch. I don't. I think no. they get way too much hassle, and I think no. yeah. nowadays we seem to think that we seem to think that the referees are are hopeless now compared to what they used to be. Sure. I think they're. I think they're. They're decent. I think there's a decent crop that's came through just now. I think there's a good crop coming through at this point okay. in time. And I would also say that when we look at football in the broader sense, we do look back. We're rose tinted at, at the squads that were there. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we don't give recognition at the time to the quality that's around us. Aye. Yeah. And I think the, the likes of the Brora team and if the Broch had a full team at their disposal, the teams that are there just now, I think that they're capable of challenging the top teams in the noughties, the top teams in the nineties, the top teams mm-hmm. in the eighties, albeit they would probably get kicked off the park. <laughs> Aye, correct. Aye. Okay, um, we're now going to take a, a probably a quick look through your best 11. You've prepared a couple of teams, a, a best Vale and a best Bucky team to take each other on. Aye. Okay, if we go to the Vale, um, I'm going to be a wee bit of sneaky for a start, as in there's a couple of names that maybe weren't there when I was there, but I played in the Devon side team way. Okay, aye, it's okay. So, in goals, Ian Grant. Uh-huh. Um, right back, which was a bit of a problem during the time that I was there for a start. Hence why I ended up at right wing back. Okay. So Derek Milne, who who was outstanding. Um, he's a player that really, really should have been picked up for a higher level. Okay. When I talked about the difference between me and Scotty Anderson, yeah. Derek Milne was the, the middle ground in that. And he covered Abdi, but he could play like Scotty and he just he was a great guy. He really, Aye. really should have had a chance to go on. Magic. Obviously, I'm going to be sweeper in this. Kind of, it's almost picking a team that I would like to play around. Play around, I. <laughs> Stewie Cameron left back. Still good mates with Stewie. Still playing the over forties games with him now and again. Okay, I see. You're still um, pulling the boots on. Aye, occasionally. Still, <laughs> still giving folk a rake, mainly in my. Uh-huh. Um. So Stewie and Dippy on the left. Dippy. Dippy, fantastic player. We've got a said about living, yeah, yeah. living with Dippy, and I was trying to think if there was any stories about Dippy. Isn't it? He's just a nice guy. Uh, he was. I didn't so, really know him before I talked nah. to him that night. He came out of the house and we did it, and I uh, top boy. Aye, uh, he was down but, to earth. Dippy, he. I think Tani's the man to try and get the, the reason that he's called Dippy. You okay, know, he, he was. He was no way. He was telling me no. that. Like, well, he never told me either. So he said it, only two people know. And I think that's Tani. So if yeah. you ever catch up with Tani, try and sneak that out of him. Okay. Um, but Dippy, the one story I've got for Dippy was mm-hmm. um, Dippy, when I asked about his pace, his <laughs> pace was actually developed when he was younger. The Lockheed boys used to go to, whether it was an ice disco or a roller disco. Okay. At the other side of the next sort of housing estate, and at the end of the night, you had to run to get home. <laughs> and he said, it didn't matter how many fights you were chasing you, or the times you just about thought you were going to get caught, you always found another gear. <laughs> so that's where the yeah. pace comes from. Uh, the mean streets of Dundee. All right. But great guy, <laughs> great player, could easily have played for any Highland League club. Uh, definitely. Mm. Um, centre half was a difficult one. Um, 
But for me, the best thing, the most enjoyable one to play behind was actually Mark Strachan. Okay. Um, had Strach been <laughs> different, just if there'd been a slightly different attitude with Strach, um, he he could have cemented himself as a proper veil legend, I think, over the years. Yeah, he was a yeah. big, strong lad, an absolute beast. Lovely guy to be around, but he, he didn't mess about Wendy on the pitch. Yeah. But he had a bit of the red mist. Uh-huh. And he would get himself in trouble and he'd get himself suspended and then he would disappear <laughs> slightly at that right, point. Yeah, yeah. But I really loved playing behind Strachan and um, he was a good, good player. Right. I've touched on the centre mids, are going to be pretty straightforward. Murray Ritchie yeah. mm-hmm. could spray a pass any length. He always had this, uh, played the passes with his laces, his foot on top of the ball, rolled it forward, laces, right. great touch, held the position perfectly for Bridgie. He was a clever player in supporting from midfield, scored a great number of goals for us that year, and important yeah. goals for us that year. Ross McLean, who I think I think if he'd played that season, Hibs or Dundee would have came back from the way okay. he, the way he destroyed them and that right. game showed that he was very capable of going up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he never looked anywhere near it when he first arrived. So fair play to Kevin mm. for spotting him and playing. But I thought right. Ross, was, Ross was brilliant. Um, Kevin up front, obviously. Yeah. Kevin Brown. Um, and I put Moby in beside him. Okay. Um, I never, obviously, never played with Moby at the Vale, but yeah. reporting on him, I mean, he was just immense. Playing against him, he. He would run past you in the box. He would clip his own heels, fall over, <laughs> fool the referee because he would make the right kind of noise. He would get right. the penalty, and he would stand up and smile at you. Nay, you know he didn't. <laughs> he he came. He was cheating. You no, came. He was cheating. He had no qualms about cheating to get it. He thought it was just funny that he conned the ref. Um, <laughs> his touch and his finishing that year was it. No, yeah, just. Top, top level. He was up there with Ian Stewart in that time. And Aye. I think mm-hmm. had it not been for the off-field stuff that went along with Moby that maybe yeah. that maybe scouts looked into, Okay, I, mm-hmm. I think he would have... He should have went down with his brother at, at that point in his career. Aye. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he showed that he would have developed and went on there. At that yeah. point, like I say, I think Craig Stewart could have been that man had had he came okay, instead yeah, yeah, of going yeah. to Elgin. So it's a bit of leaving Craig out there, but I'll definitely give him a mention because his, right. his finishing, his touch, his strength, his turn, and his ability in the air were great as well. But also yeah. Bradley, Bradley Kerr. Oh, uh, yep. That we said, he was mm-hmm. he was just a, a gem, a quality player, a classy player, great touch, great ability and um, and a lovely guy. Um, a real yeah. gent off the pitch. Um, so, yeah, Bradley would have been the other one in there, but that's my yeah. 11. Grant, Milne, uh-huh. Cameron, Strachan, Marcel, Richie Bridgeford with Dippy, Ross McLean and Moulby and Kevin up front. Okay. And yeah, Bucky 11, I get to uh, face him. We might as well hear what was once a Fisher Derby uh-huh. um, against them because that's the other place. In goals, Mikey Ray, who mm-hmm. came for Rangers, he was 
It's Aye. superb. He was um, Andy Gorham of the Highland League because he, <laughs> he had no knees either. <laughs> and that Hamilton game, he, he came off the the line once and it was almost like a bungee cord hit him. He sort of fell over because he came yeah. off the line too far. Uh, great keeper, think, great uh, shot. Stopper. He's been in a couple of teams. I think John Scott had him in his team as well. Aye. I mean, the, the penalties, when you went to penalties, you could give the other team a two penalty head start and he would save Aye. the two that he needed to. Brilliant. Um, great, great keeper. Uh, okay. But the back three at Bucky was such a good back three. Paul Lambert in left centre half, mm -hmm. Scotty Anderson in between, and Mickey McPherson on the right. Okay, aye. Mickey is Bucky's dippy. Aye, yeah. He's a quiet guy. Playing against him, you never really noticed him, but he's quality. He could play any position on the pitch, right yeah. foot or left foot. He could play, he played centre forward, he played centre half. <laughs> and I think he was about 62 when he was playing with us at that stage. <laughs> um, uh -huh. He was a menace in the dressing room, but nobody came to it. Okay. I was, I was normally, I used to sort of take my time getting changed before the game. And so me and Mickey would be the last names out. Yeah. And he, was, he was cutting this holes in Levi Stevens' socks. And, Mikey, <laughs> and then Mikey Ray's socks and blaming it on each other. Okay. <laughs> and he'd a complete poker face. <laughs> Levi would be, oh, Mikey Ray, I'm going to get him for that. And Mickey would be going, aye, that's terrible. Yeah, no, that's, I, I wouldn't have put up with that. <laughs> and next week, Mickey would be cutting Mikey Ray's socks and stuff. It was, <laughs> he was brilliant. Paul Lambert, and another one who, a bit like Craigie Stewart, I think, yeah. he, he, put on a, he put on a stone. Okay. Um, and that prevented him from on that further. But even then, Lambie, because he was left wing back briefly, and it made him made of a centre-half. But as good a left foot as you'll see in a defender, the three of them were so comfortable on the ball. Aye, yeah, yeah. But so good defending in the air, on the ground, anything. And when you say that Bucky team about where we finished, Aye. it wasn't because of the number of goals we scored. It was because of the, the, the defence. Yeah. that defence. Okay. The wing-backs, Colin Craig. On the left, he mm -hmm. wasn't there for long, but he was brilliant when he was there. Aye. Um, Grapes on the right, uh, Grapes yep. and Ryan are two of my three best mates. Okay. Um, I've known Ryan since I was 10 and still coach with him now. Grapes okay. and Ryan we met from, but really sort of cemented that with the bucket time. The three of us went out distantly through the noughties. And, and <laughs> noughties is probably the right word for it. Uh, uh -huh. Great, <laughs> great number of laughs and nights out. Thirtieth, uh, thirtieth birthday night out where Grapes, Grapes was winning a game of uh, strip rock paper scissors in the back of the car. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, Sounds uh, like you'd be a, an interesting podcast guest for me. <laughs> Grapes, <laughs> uh, you'd, you'd hate to try and get his uh, his the picture of his voice doing a bit though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh -huh. He was a high pitch, but he's Grape is a very funny guy. And, Aye, yep. And not necessarily a funny in the podcast kind of but an addressing room guy. Aye, yeah, I get you. Great. <laughs> Brian Thompson, who was there, Brian Thompson, if anyone's played with him or against him, he, Aye. 
he just when he gets going, he sounds like a turkey. It's like, no, 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 like that at you. <laughs> the only person that could ever shut him up was Grapeys. Okay. <laughs> Grapeys would just put on the high-pitched voice and go, Hi, Tomo! Hi, Tomo, you're right! You're right, you dick! And that, that would be it. Yeah. And, and Tomo would just take a laugh at that. Yeah. yeah. And everything in the world would be great again. And, and Grapeys... You know, like Billy Anderson, every team that Grapeys is involved in is a happy dressing room. Aye, yes. Team with Billy. Um, so Grapeys would be right. Um, the two of us, we used to have races. We'd call it the green wave. When we had a corner and we cleared it, <laughs> and the ball went down the left, me and Ray, Grapeys would have a race, and the first one that got within five yards of the box got to attack the back post. And the other, the other one had to sit at the edge of the box for it coming out, uh-huh. and we'd be swearing at each other if we'd, about who would get there <laughs> and who didn't get there. Um, uh, brilliant. So great guy, centre mids, John Scott and Levi Stephen. Uh-huh. Yeah. For me, it was a dream playing with the two of them because they could play football all day. Aye. I just had to run. I just <laughs> would get on the end of the quality of their passes and the best yeah. that they would yeah. play. And um, John is a solid kind of guy, you know what I mean? He's a really nice guy, but Levi Stevens, just a character. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the moments with Levi, he's against Huntley. Um, it was an incredible night at Bucky. We beat Huntley 5 2, and Aye. John greatly scored for 20 yards, was left foot. John then scored for the halfway line, which he loved the shot for the halfway line. Okay. Um, but Levi had had a swing at one right in front <laughs> of the stand and he missed the ball. Like he, he swung out at his left foot and I think he kicked his right foot and knocked his right foot under him and right. fell over right in front of the Huntley stand. <laughs> he then scored later on in the game. Right. Typical Levi. He sprinted up to the front of the Huntley stand and replicated the thing. He swung his left <laughs> leg, kicked his right leg out. But with right. one hand in the air went doing the grand, it was absolutely <laughs> right. So I'm playing in front of that too. We're big Aye. Ryan up front. Um, yeah. Again, love Ryan a bit. Great player, great guy, fantastic, Aye. fantastic man. Um, kids are pals. Yeah, yeah, it's good. He's right up there. And the only question mark was who to go up front with him. Mm-hmm. Marky Holmes. Um, Gent tended to play wide left with us, but he could definitely have the skill and the speed to play centre forward. Aye. Um, he was one of the options. If you get a chance to look at his Facebook, he, he's a head case. Um, okay. Is the, the amount of skills that he's showing okay. is unbelievable. There was that 70 keep you up his thing that was oh, aye, yeah, yeah. Cross County. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, did, he did them with his right shoulder. <laughs> Brilliant. And he could have he could have kept going. You should see the tricks and skills that he's shown are incredible. Yeah, amazing. So have a look at his Facebook. Charlie Brown, who later went to Bucky, but obviously I played with him at Forest. Aye. He he really should be the one that's in there. Mm-hmm. Ability finishing for half a season, just as good a player as there was in the Highland League for um, for Finch, but he only ever seemed to play half a season. Okay. But really a quick, good finisher. But Aye, yeah. they're being left out for another one of my pals who played a wee bit at Bucky Markywood. Okay. Um, more known as a junior player. 
Aye. For Isla Vale, Bucky Rovers. Um, had a couple of decent seasons Highland League, but maybe nay to the level that he could have been if he'd yeah. been Highland League earlier. Aye, yeah, um, okay. But in this team, he would have scored goals with John and Levi putting the bar and, and going through. And ultimately, Ryan Greatbase and Woody Dite are guys that mean so much to me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And have been great pals through the years. So for the nights out element of things, it would be great <laughs> for the four of us together in that. So that would be... That's your team. For me, a good game. Uh-huh. Who'd and win? I think, I think the fans would appreciate the the games, the fans from that eras would appreciate that teams as well. Aye. Who'd win would be 5 all. Well, there's no way you're scoring five against the Bucky team. Nah, no, no. And I'm not, I'm not sure our team's scoring five. <laughs> but no, I would, I would go three two. Okay, to who? Well, I'm not saying. <laughs> no, how would that team fare? How would how would that team fare today in the Island League? Oh, I think that um, a lot of times teams don't stay together for long enough. Aye. And either of that teams would be good enough to be top three in Aye. any of the kind of eras. Yeah. Um, if you just give them time. But it's okay. with Our, that, um, def- definitely top threes, but there's always Aye. good teams. Okay. Are you captain in both teams? <laughs> no chance. <laughs> Who's you've the captain? Got, you've, got, you've got Mickey McPherson and Dippy Dolan. Aye. Okay. I mean, there, there, they should be captains all day long. Aye. Okay. Um, um, brilliant. Two good teams. Uh, I always finish. Yep. Always finish up with some quick fire questions. Yep. Um, so they're just uh, very quick answers to these ones. VAR for you? Yes or no? Yes, if they have some common sense. Aye. Yeah. Uh, one thing you'd change about football to improve it? The squad sizes and the number of subs. Okay. We went back, I'm just going to explain that one. When we Aye. came into the league, we had two subs. Mm-hmm. So therefore, your size of squad was 16 or 17 players. Aye. And now the sky, size of squad is about 24 players. Yep. So you've got seven extra players not playing each week. And if you start at the top of the game with that, and you say there's 50 teams roughly above the Highland League, that's 350 players of that quality that are not playing. (laughs) Uh, No, I I agree with that one as well. Good idea. Um, How do you think the leagues should be resolved? The ones that have now already been resolved. (laughs) What, this This year? This season, yeah. Um, I think all of them should have, and this includes the Highland League, should yeah. have been um, stopped without naming a champion. Aye. In the same way as Elgin City weren't named as champions, in the same way as Fraserborough weren't named as champions back in the 50s. Aye. Whatever they're finished in the table, that's what where they stand for qualifications, for playoffs, for yeah. Europe but no championships awarded. Yeah. So not null and void, because okay. the table yeah. still stands. Okay. But not championship awarded. No. Okay. No relegation either? Well, 
I know there's no relegation in the Highland League, but yeah, other leagues. You're, you're kind of looking at the Hearts and Park Thistle. No, I, I would, I would have changed. I would have definitely went for a um, reconstruction. Aye, oh, definitely. Okay, Scotland, will they qualify for the Euros? Yes. Oh, good. <laughs> I, go, I go a lot of Scotland games. Scotland would be my team, you know, yeah, my yeah. first team. Aye. Okay. Um, last question. What pro player, past or present, would you say was closest to you, your style, attributes and personality on the pitch? Every kind of team to be successful needs a player that is happy to be seen as a dick by the majority of their teammates. <laughs> and I was that. I didn't care if I upset the majority of my teammates because I was there to try and win. And yep. I, it, it would take people a while to understand that I would back them up 100% on anything. You know, I would be in the trenches right. with them. Yeah. But I would be giving them what for if they weren't working hard enough or if they weren't <laughs> doing that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so I was more that kind of, and I still am, even in the older players' mm. games. <laughs> what I would, what I maybe say with that was that um, the teams that were successful. You got the the Vale team that won the league. Yeah. While I'm saying that I was a dip, Robbie Brown was <laughs> that with yeah. physical a physical dominance and a a real aggressiveness against yeah. an opponent that I didn't have. Aye, yeah. And that's the difference between the teams that won the league and the teams that didn't quite. So um, that was that. In terms of mm. sweeper, I suppose, who would have I wanted to be as a sweeper would have been Franco Baresi. Aye, okay. Nowhere near him. <laughs> Nowhere near him. But that's who you wanted to be. <laughs> aye, no, aye. That's for kind of Kind of the point of that question, but that's, that's fine. Well, Stephen, I, I realise I've taken up a lot of your night, so uh, apologies for that, but it's been fascinating for me to hear, hear your journey, and uh, I hope you do make it back to, to management soon enough. Uh, I look yeah. forward to, to watching some of your teams. Yeah, and give me some abuse to the side. <laughs> nah. <laughs> brilliant. No, brilliant. Thank you for that. Great. Okay, cheers. 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 Grateful to Stephen for coming on the podcast to tell me about his journey so far and I'm looking forward to seeing him returning to the dugout before too long. As always, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please like and follow the Beyond Canal Park Podcast Facebook page and leave a comment for me or a review there. I've received a number of nominations of people to come on uh, as well as people themselves putting uh, their names forward to come on so keep them coming. Uh, just message me through the Facebook page or indeed if you have any other questions you can subscribe and listen to the podcast on Apple and Google on Spotify as well as on the Anchor app thank you for tuning in and I'll be back next week with yet another local character bye for now